You boys are out of your mind. Ooh, yeah, dig it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Boys and Body Slams, three goofballs that talk about wrestling. We're here to boost your ass and have a blast, so enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, your ears do not deceive you. This is Big Boys and Body Slams. The boys are back in town, the boys are back in town. Drink it in, man. <sighs> My name is Zach. Over here, we have Kyle. Cue up the Eric Bischoff theme song. I'm back. And over here, we have Luke. And I'm better than ever. That is right. Ladies, gentlemen, Holgamaniacs all over the world. Oh, yes. Big Boys and Body Slams are back from our sabbatical. With a vengeance, with baby. With a vengeance. And what a show to come back on. The good news is we have nothing to discuss before the show starts because essentially uh, nothing has happened in the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, since, nothing at all. Since the last time. Or in our personal lives either. <laughs> or in our personal yeah, lives. I guess thing. we should start that off. Uh, Kyle Siegler. Sigler. Sorry about Jesus. that. Jesus. Sorry, man. <laughs> what? I was thinking of the. Are you guys friends? I was thinking of the M's baseball player. We only talk to each other every single day. For hours a day. Yes. I talk to you more than I talk to my wife. Uh, yes, same. Kyle Sigler. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. He is a married man. Woo! And here comes Mark. Ow, ow, ow. How's it going, Mark? The one he married. I mean, no, okay, not really. Congratulations. You and your beautiful married. wife, Tana. We were both there. Wonderful wedding. And uh, it was actually at that wedding when Zach gave us some special news. They yeah, were bringing the I podcast was, back. They were bringing the podcast back. Luke actually plugged it in his best man speech, which was... I was desperate. Which, pretty gutsy, man. Which we could throw. Desperate. We could throw that up on uh, Twitter and everything. Yeah, and we should. We'll do that. I've got. I'll edit the the little clip down and we'll put it up because it was it was a. And I'm not just saying this to butter your bread. Uh huh. It was a best man speech for the ages. It was great. Fantastic. But best also, man yeah. Don't forget, me and Luke both graduated college, both yes. with bachelor's degrees. No, no he has well, an well, AA. Well, yeah, I have an you a. have an AA. Yeah, yeah. That's right, because you're going to Pullman. Hmm. You got yeah. a bachelor's degree. Yeah, I got a bachelor's, and you're making some serious money doing the the I'm wedding. Doing, I'm doing videography full time. Yes, the last sir. time we've yes, spoken. Sir. Yeah, you so know what? Just just endless applause. So that's yep, happened. Yep, yep. So and now in the world of wrestling. Oh my God, guys! I guess we should start here. Uh, AEW is real. It exists. It is not a t-shirt company. They have a website. <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll just get this off the bat. This is going to be banter. If if you guys want to skip ahead to get to SummerSlam, be our guest. But uh, This won't be super long, but we think we should probably just talk the about big, it a little The big bit. boys have some stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys think of AEW? So far, it's been fantastic and everything we can think of. Like, that's all we wanted was yes. what it's been. Yeah, they, they had so much hype, and a lot of people were really cynical and, and critical, not sure what was going to happen, but it is an absolute blast. Like, it is... I my fandom and you know obviously while we've been doing this podcast I, I've always been a wrestling fan we've been enjoying it but my fandom is like reignited because competition is back and I know obviously WWE is a giant so I'm not going to speak out of turn here but as far as what as far as switching between shows which brand you prefer better I mean AEW is right there I also think that some of the other promotions like Impact are getting stronger right now. New the, Japan? Yeah, everybody is putting on their A-plus game right now. Slammiversary was a very good pay-per-view. That match between Elgin and Brian Cage was fantastic. Was fantastic. The Tessa Blanchard-Sammy Callahan match mm -hmm. was fantastic. Everything AEW's put out. Lately, everything WWE's been putting out since Eazy-E and Paul Heyman have taken over um, has been money. 
Yeah, it really has. Um, I mean, I think that's something that the the internet community at large, which I'll, I have some complaints, some formal complaints. What, to do, what do you refer to them as? Uh, I don't remember. Stuffy, stuffy internet, stuffy fans. internet fans. Yes, Thank you. Yes. I was trying to remember that. Uh, I have a complaint to register about them later, but I will say uh, the stuffy internet fans of the world have not been getting the, the WWE the credit they deserve. Uh, I'd say I the agree. past month, the product has been not only watchable but enjoyable exponentially i want to throw out one more thing too yeah about the fans Mm -hmm. it is okay to like both the wwe and aew and impact and ring of honor and new japan and everything in between what about mlw can i like that Jim Cornette works there, so no. Okay, damn, (laughs) darn. No, I mean that's a good point too. We've been seeing these like weird like like brand warfare between the fans of these brands. It's it's exhausting. It's so weird. It's really weird because I mean, obviously we were all younger, right? Yeah. When when WCW was a thing. Yes. But I feel like people supported both companies. I watched more more than they do now. I know my cousins did, and that's who got me into wrestling. Right. There, there were definitely loyalists. Right. but, But it seemed like. It, it seemed like they watched everything and they didn't complain as much. Maybe that's because the internet's a thing now. Well, the the internet makes you so much more famous than you actually are, right? So if you're swearing your allegiance and you're looking for that, that notoriety, it gives you some sort of internet brownie points. Also, and to piggyback a little bit off of that, is sure. that internet or wrestling fans now are quote-unquote smarter than they were in the mid '90s, when WCW and WWF were both kind of oh. jockeying for oh, position, yeah. which like, is also because of the internet, you can oh, get for you sure. can get more more of a uh, inside sure. scoop from more than just one knucklehead who who is always wrong. Well, the only time you're going to know that Mick Foley, Mick, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, oh, the only time you're going to know that Mick Foley was going to steal the title was uh, you know when Tony Schiavone said it live on air. So that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, so should we get into the show? I think we should. Um, as we said, uh, for at least my personal opinion, I think the WWE product has been has become has come leaps and bounds from where it was even just a couple months ago. It's so good now, dude. Uh, dude, they, less than a couple months ago, like yes. a month ago. Yes, I, I think re- the turnaround was the episode of Raw where Braun Strowman and Lashley speared each other through the mm-hmm. thing. The electric. Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, I think ever since then, like Raw's had a different kind of. Uh, Atmosphere edge. and edge, yeah, and then SmackDown's SmackDown. I mean, it's always kind of just SummerSlam was PG fourteen, wasn't it? Or, it was, and I think whatever. it was for one very yeah. obvious reason, uh, mm. a very lantern shaped reason. I think mm. was probably why mm. we had a, a TV fourteen mm. rating. Oh, we're gonna get into that, baby uh, boy. But shall we? Should we get into it? Yes, let's do it. SummerSlam twenty nineteen from the Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto, Canada, uh, announced as sixteen thousand nine hundred and four souls in attendance. Uh, not a bad turnout for a SummerSlam. It's been in Brooklyn the last few years, so it's kind of fun to see it. In a new uh, new venue, I guess this year. That's something that kind of bothers me. Uh, what? It seems like they try to keep SummerSlam and these other big pay per views in the same like uh, location. They did it with Los Angeles for a very long time. Bring one up to Seattle. It's beautiful T Mobile Field. It would. It, I mean, it would do go. big numbers. I mean, I can t- tell you. I almost said Safeco. Without a doubt. I mean, it's. I mean, it's muscle memory at this point, buddy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Um. So first match on the docket, Zach. Uh, first match in the pre-show. I um, you're gonna have to forgive me because I uh, the, foolishly did not take any notes. Oh in the pre-show, my gosh! But it Kyle, was, we gotta take this, huh? It was not the tag team women's match. It, it was, was the cruisers. It was the cruiserweights. Uh, Tony Nice and Oni Lorcan. No, oh, whoa, no, whoa, no, no! Oh, you were at God. the show where Tony Drew Nice Gulak. lost the title. Drew Gulak <laughs> and Oni Lorcan. Uh, oh, that reminds me. Should we get to this? No, we'll, we'll do it after the after match. the match. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. So from what I saw, I'll just give my kind of like thoughts in a box, and I'll let you two just. 
have fun with it. I thought this was a, a pretty okay cruiserweight match. I did expect a little bit more because I know both of these competitors are phenomenal. Oni Lorcan's one of my favorite guys on the entire 205 Live roster. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a bad match, just didn't quite live up to the expectations that they had been setting, and that's all I have to say about it. Um, we should, we should, we haven't mentioned this yet. This is, you know, Big Boys and Body Slams 2.0. So our format, <laughs> our format has changed up a little bit. So we're no longer going to be giving you these matches, you know, move by move, spot by spot. We'll maybe highlight some big spots in the match. We'll talk but, about how we feel about things. Exactly. And- we're, we're really having a conversation here and something that's going to appeal a little bit more to wrestling fans. That's right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um. So I, I guess I'll tell you my thoughts on the match, too. Go ahead, buddy. Um. I also I gave it two and a half stars. Um. Mm. I was expecting a lot more because I really like Oni Lorcan. Um, and I like Drew Gulak too, but this is going to bring a question that I have. Um, has the Cruiserweight title seemed to lose some of its luster since the likes of Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, and Buddy Murphy have moved up to the Raw and SmackDown rosters and aren't fighting for it anymore? Yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate because 205 Live isn't a bad show. No, no, no. It's no, not it's a bad show at all. And I'm not saying it's a bad show. But when you lose three of your biggest names within all a the year same time. of each other, all I mean, at the same time. it's hard for any wrestling company to rebound but, from that. But let me let me retaliate with Please those th- those three guys were built up on 205 Live. So really, they just need to build up the, the headliners now, the big names, because, I mean, they probably wouldn't have gone to the main roster had they not been the studs that's on really 205 Live. That's they a are. really, really good point. I would personally, and this is going to be like, the hottest of hot takes, I think. But mm. I would love to see Johnny Gargano in on 205 Live yes. going for that cruiserweight title. I mean, he can make magic. He could. He can't have a bad match right now. And I no, think uh, sticking him on 205 Live is just going to bring so many more eyes to the product that probably wouldn't be there anyways. And, and, and since we're on the subject, why not put a guy like Rey Mysterio on the 205 well, Live roster too? You know what rumor I've been hearing? He's going? No, no, no. Not oh, Ray who? Ray. That Daniel was going to... Yeah, I heard that too. I think that's been kiboshed now with the... Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll probably find out tonight um, on SmackDown. Of course, we haven't watched SmackDown saga. yet. Yeah. yeah, with the Rain Saga. Um, going to Gargano, though, real quick. Yeah. Uh, before Luke gives his rating. Mm-hmm. I don't think the right move is to put Gargano on 205 Live because I think you could put Gargano with any single guy on that main roster in a main event and have a five-star match. And as, as much as that would boost up 205 Live... That is a future main eventer that you could like a white meat baby face, um, not not a Hulk Hogan type character, but you know what I mean. Like you, he's he's he's, he's, the, he's the underdog. He's, he's the, the Daniel quintessential Bryan underdog. Yeah. Yes, but my concern with that is I'm inclined to agree with you. Like of course I am because he is one of the best workers on the planet right now by far. My only worry is, and I know it's not the '80s, and I know it's not the I would, early yes, '90s. I, I was gonna say it if but you didn't. He is, he is like my size. He's so he small. is tiny. I understand he's super small, but Daniel Bryan's not a big guy, right? Finn Balor's not very. Finn big. Balor's That's not true. a big That's guy. That's true. Seth, I mean, even Seth Rollins. Uh, he, Seth Rollins. He's like six one. Seth though. Rollins, but he's not. He's jacked. not a huge guy. He's just jacked. Yeah, Gargano's a good-looking guy though, in muscle tone and all that stuff too. Oh yeah, for right, he's but jacked. He's, he's just he's he's small, man. Yeah, and, but I, and I NXT hides that well because he's not facing off with huge giants. I don't think no. the stigma of the big man is as broad as it once was because if 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 it was the '80s, Braun Strowman would be holding this belt for five years. Right, you're not wrong. Right, but I, I, I mean, I can kind of play devil's advocate with that and say since Seth Rollins won the Universal Title in WrestleMania, who has he faced? Big guy. Big guy, mm-hmm. big guy. Yeah, and now the rumor is, and I don't know. Obviously, it's a rumor. Uh, hashtag FDM. 
But uh, <laughs> they're saying Strowman might be in line for a title shot next. Is what the dirt sheets were saying today. So I mean, yeah, it's not there, but it's kind of there, you know. But yeah. I mean, you have a fair, a totally fair point. Yes, though. you definitely make a good point that small guys are successful now. One more just, small, one more small guy that might be a little successful right now. Yeah, he's a little guy named uh, Kofi Kingston. I mean, he's tall as hell, but yeah, you're right. He's, he's not he's small big, muscular. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, uh, Luke, what'd you give this match? Okay, so back to uh, Oni Larkin against uh, <laughs> Drew Gulak. Um, I gave it a two point seven five. Um, one thing that I love about these cruiserweight matches that n- it never fails is these guys beat the hell out of oh, each other. Yeah. And Oni Larkin, I don't know how much you've watched his stuff before not, he not came into Five Live. He is a stiff. I could tell stiff worker. Um, I mean, all of these guys. I have not seen a cruiserweight match uh, at all uh, that that hasn't had stiff punches. And I mean, probably the stiffest punches you'll see in the whole show. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm right there with you for that. So, so these guys to me. Uh, there, there wasn't a lot of the flippy spot monkey stuff. It was a lot of technical wrestling, a lot of hard hits and I enjoyed it. But you know, like you said, Zach, there's a little bit missing, um, a couple or a, a cool spot was a body slam where like the, where, um, Oni's legs like ricocheted off the top rope and then he just cracked his head on the mat. That was excruciating. Like it looked so painful. Um, just the, the way that got, these guys were beating each other down was ridiculous. But uh, what well, we saw Drew Gulak retain off of the Cyclone crash for the win. But yeah, 2.75 stars. Cool. It was, it was all cool. right. But one thing that we should really talk about, uh, let's talk about Oni's Twitter. Yes, I'd like to introduce yeah. a new segment. It's probably a one. <laughs> you'll probably hear it today, never again. Uh, I'd like to introduce a segment uh, called Storytime with uh, Uncle Oni. Storytime with uh, Uncle Oni. If you view, I'm, we're all going to have to get a little quieter here now. If you view Oni Lorcan's Twitter, uh, the man is out of control. And everything he puts on Twitter is all in capital letters. And no punctuation. Yes, it's it's, it's just a run-on So we, we thought it'd kind of be fun to uh, to have Luke pick out some of his favorite Oni Lorcan moments and share them with us with his big, distinctive... Uh, think of it like a fireside chat. A nice, calm evening with Uncle Oni. Uh, cue the music, please. Perfect. And go. Well, there's a lot of really good tweets here, so I'm really just going to do some of the journey to SummerSlam for Oni Larkin. And the one after SummerSlam. And the one after SummerSlam. So without further ado, August 6th. I'm going to kick everyone's ass tonight on 205 Live on the WWE Network at 10 p.m. And if WWE Social Media Guy doesn't like this tweet because he can't retweet it and therefore wants me to tweet another tweet, I'm going to kick his ass too. Six days ago. Give me Gulak. <clears throat> Four days ago. I'm sorry. This is so funny. Four days ago. I am not booked for any meet and greets or public appearances in Toronto. I've only been booked on Sunday to kick ass. Until then, I will find a park bench to sleep under and prepare for my fight. <laughs> that same day. Some sweet old Toronto lady came to sit on the bench. I was sleeping under and brought me some soup and told me to kick Gulak's ass. Throw it up. Oh, man. And then, following this match uh, at SummerSlam, <clears throat> got my ass kicked on the kickoff show. Gulak punched my Adam's apple. Nobody punches my Adam's apple, you freaking scumbag. Be a man and give me a rematch on 205 Live. He got it, by the way. Yes, he did get it's his rematch. It's happening tonight. Oh, my gosh. Okay, All right. I'm sorry. I got to do I gotta do at least one more here. Oh, please. So this was yesterday. <clears throat> this oh. is my favorite one, I think. <laughs> I used to be so poor that I would steal food like bread and bananas until I got caught, and the judge was very nice and let me work at a dog shelter to clear my name, and I never stole food again. 
Thank you, Uncle Oni. Whoa. Thank Oni, you. Oni. The gift that keeps on giving. Oni, we, we are going to tag you in so many tweets for a long time. That was story time with Uncle I, Oni. I Thank think, you, Oni Lurkin. I think every week we should at least read two of those. I think we should. We should make that a reoccurring segment. So, I story mean, time with Uncle Oni. Obviously, social media has been popular for a while now, but these wrestlers are getting so damn good at establishing a, an online personality. I mean, you take a look at Kevin Owens, Becky Lynch, uh, now Oni, Oni Lorcan. Lorcan. Jericho is pretty funny on there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of them I'm Matt not Riddle. remembering. Yeah, Matt Riddle's really funny on there, too. Yeah, Matt Riddle might be... Uh, too funny to his own detriment because uh well i don't know you know what though I, they let him get away with did anything. you did you guys see the clip from the watch along where he was just like adding on to it and he was talking about how he ran into goldberg backstage i heard that they had a nice little chat oh it's great basically riddle just kept calling him bro and goldberg was like i'm not your bro yep uh so i think everyone's kind of in on it if they're letting him talk about it on a wwe show uh but anyway that's beside the point but i know i i think you could make the argument that there's some social media personalities that are better than who they portray on television. Oh, yes. definitely. Which is yes. like the biggest argument for just let these people be themselves that I could possibly think Becky's of. Becky's a better shit talker online by far. I mean, she's really good on TV too, but a better shit talker online than she is on TV. It's almost like these performers know their characters better than the people writing for Whoa. them. Weird. Oh, weird. And I'm not saying every person on the roster can write their own material because that's not true. No. But I think it's time to kind of let go of the reins a little bit. Let mm-hmm. some of these big time social media stars just be themselves. And I think you'll see fun because of it. Oh, Kyle, uh, you got a comment? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, get on to the, I was going to get on to the next match. Oh yeah. But real quick. Yeah. Oni, Oni Lorcan, uh, under at underscore star destroyer. That's, <laughs> that's his Twitter. Handle. All caps. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So the next match is buddy Murphy versus Apollo Cruz on the pre-show. And this is Buddy Murphy's first match since being drafted to SmackDown. Yep. Mm. Like, that's the week after WrestleMania. Wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. he didn't show up on TV for like a month or at least. After and then he, he was just the there randomly, and then he gets yeah. beat up backstage by Roman Reigns. Right. So, I guess I'll kind of go into this match. Zach didn't really watch it very much. He didn't really watch the pre-show, <laughs> which is okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, It was a very stiff match. There was some brutal knees by Buddy Murphy in this match. Um. They were killing each other. This was on its way to being a very, very good match. And Eric Rowan runs out and kills Buddy Murphy. Throws him into the ring post for a disqualification win for Buddy Murphy. Um, Apollo Crews and Buddy Murphy might be two of the most underrated guys on the roster. And they're never featured. So Kyle and I actually talked about this. uh, Because Kyle and I watched this together. Zach watched it separately. Um, There there was a certain point in the match where Kyle just looked at me and was like, Apollo Cruz is just really good, huh? And uh, I mean, I'm completely in agreement. I mean, I think that those two might be, you know, two of the best kept secrets in the company right now. You know what the big difference between the two is, though? What's that? Buddy Murphy has a personality, mm. and Apollo Cruz is as exciting as wet cardboard. And I hate to yeah. say it, I'm a big Apollo Cruz fan, and I have been since his NXT days. They should have kept him with Titus he, as the yeah, manager. He has nothing outside of his ring ability, which is fantastic. But in WWE. It's just he's he's missing something for them. I love him. I love him. Don't get me wrong. Like he is a fantastic worker. And I also think it's kind of funny. And this is a little bit off topic, but it's our podcast and we can do whatever we want. <laughs> How funny is it? So if you look at Buddy Murphy and you look at Apollo Cruz, like they're two similarly sized gentlemen for the most part. Like they're both very built 
guys. And yeah, I have a point. I have a point to this. Okay. You're both looking at me like I'm speaking a different language, but I have a point. I just think it's kind of funny that Buddy Murphy was on 205 Live for a long time, looking the way he does, uh-huh. and Apollo Crews is listed as a heavyweight on Which is nuts. on uh, the WWE's website. I just think that's kind of funny. Like it's obvious that like. 205 Live, how close are they sticking to these two? It's basically another farm system at this point yeah, for the main yeah. roster. No, you're absolutely It's another right. NXT at this point. I just thought that was kind of funny. You, it was just an aside. You know what I was thinking that whole time? Yeah. You've seen those memes? I think it's kind of funny, but... Yeah. Yeah, you just reminded me of one of those memes I did, right I did. Yeah. Uh, also, I will say, too, uh, obviously I'm not going to rate the match or anything. I loved the Rowan angle having him come out. Like, uh, I loved having Daniel Bryan looking on. It just kind of keeps that whole... That was the only, like... Besides the video package later in the main show, this was the only uh, reference we had to the Roman Reigns attack. Right, was in yeah. this match. I thought we were going to see a lot more of that. Actually, I thought I we were going to have like an interview. I thought we were going to yeah see maybe Roman on. T- was on, Roman on even video. there? Uh, I don't. I didn't see him. He wasn't on the show ever. Hmm. He might have been on the pre-show in like a quick interview or something, but I didn't really. We kind of skipped around on the pre-show. Whoa, just and the hit. network was jacked. The network yeah. was a whore. I so. Chromecast streaming is broken no matter what, so my options were either watch it on the PC or find a different stream. I'm gonna let the uh, the listeners decide which one I did. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will say it looks a lot cooler, but it doesn't run as smooth as the last no WWE Network. Anyway, I gave the match two and three quarter stars because I actually really liked what I saw. Um, and the Rowan interference does make sense. But I would have liked to see it go another five or ten minutes before Roan got involved because those two were doing something awesome. And uh, I know Buddy's facing Roman Reigns tonight, but... Does he get the win? No. You don't think so? What? I'm just saying, if you I mean, wanted if, to if, really if, if throw a, a wrench... Ref, if there's a ref bump and, you know... I believe Roman. Buddy is in the King of the Ring, though, so you could you could make some magic with him in King of the Ring. True. Which is- Buddy's going to be a star. if they If they don't mess him up, man, he's got... It. Well, it's so funny because I remember, obviously, I wasn't that much of an NXT uh, viewer then. Blake and I, Murphy. Exactly. I remember Blake and Murphy, and I didn't know he was capable of this in no. that tag team. When it, when it when it was Blake and Murphy, man, I had no interest in either of them None. in that tag team together. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, wait, what? yeah, that's Murphy. What the yeah. heck? Oh, my God. That's Murphy. Yeah. Um, I gave the match two stars because it felt like these guys j- just started getting going. I mean, and they were about to tear the house down possibly um i agree big time i mean they they were once again you know kind of like the the previous match just stiff um and i think buddy murphy i'm trying to think of anybody else i think he might have the best kicks in the company oh yeah definitely I think that's a right. good take I, think- I might be there with you because he man he everything he does looks looks so good you know who might be the only one with better but daniel he, bryan shin i was gonna say Shinsuke. oh shinsuke yeah yeah but I mean, I think I'll tell you what though, I I think Buddy Murphy could be a superstar oh, player. Yes. I'm with you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, got I, it in spades. He, I I think he is fantastic. He has the look. He can talk. Look at how yeah. over he is, and he's never on TV. But when he shows up, he commands people's attention and so, respect. Commands it. During our first run of podcasts, how many times was he the match of the night on the pre-show? Almost every time he was on it. Yes. 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 The guy. Every time the guy is just it. money and. I, I can't mm-hmm. say that enough. Future WWE um, champion, but, but yeah, I, I mean, would love it. Yeah, there's the issue is there's so, so many, many people, people in that, that yeah. in that list that's not possible. That's next man. Hey, yeah. hey, yeah, give me Buddy Murphy versus Johnny Gargano for the WWE title. That's a money feud right mm-hmm. there, man. That's money. that does some some money matches. Um, so next, uh, next thing I got written in my notes, 
we have an Elias concert. And first of all, I want to give a shout out to a guy wearing a Wazoo Cougs sweatshirt yeah. in the front row. This is the right first time the I actually row. saw him. Go Cougs, and I, I looked at Luke and I'm like, dude, that guy's wearing a Cougs shirt. Yeah. Um, They're everywhere. In so, Toronto. <laughs> so I honestly almost got a little teary-eyed about what ends up happening because it has been since WrestleMania 27, since Edge has gotten physical in the ring. And Eight his, years is what they his what music they His music hits and out comes Edge. And the whole time I'm thinking Edge is going to take the guitar and hit him. Or, he's going to cut a funny promo. He's going to cut a, a song. He's going to cut a funny promo and like Kevin Owens is going to come out and beat up Elias from behind or some something like that. Dude, Edge spears him. Yeah. It was a good it was a pretty solid spear too. Yeah, it it, it looked awesome. There's been rumors floating around that he might have got cleared for a, one more match. Mm. That's what I've heard. But that I mean, it's me. going to be in Saudi Arabia, we all know it. Let's Part of me wants to see one more edge match, um, but part of me, the other part of me, is saying let's not even risk it, unless it's it's that clear like a Daniel Bryan thing where he's better. But hey, man, if Shibata can come back, anybody. I heard can. that was a one-off. Really? Yeah. He got his ass kicked. Yeah. Edge Edge did look fantastic. He did. Though. So here's a funny story about that. So I was on my computer at this point in the pre-show, and I had I was working on one of my monitors, and I had SummerSlam on on the other monitor, and. I was just like working along, you know, editing a video and I hear, you think you know me. I stopped and I, I looked over at my screen and I was just captivated. And then when he hit that spear, it was like that moment when I'm like, have my headphones on and I'm like by myself in my living room and I'm like, Oh, and I, I catch myself like yelling by myself. It was an awesome moment. That was one of my highlights of the night. Probably. Um, I also do want to give pro I mean, Elias, He's awesome. Elias just is never going to stop being over, I guess. Like, he can just have many concerts every single night. and He doesn't be... even need to wrestle at you, this point. You know who no. Elias kind of reminds me of? Who? Piper. Because he always gets his ass kicked. And but he always comes out looking like a badass somehow. Yeah, and he always yeah. keeps looking like a badass, Teflon. and he always keeps his heat. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, that's a really good comparison. Well, I mean, and really, he's... he's and he can talk. He's... Oh, copying man. a lot off of what The Rock used to do, like right up till like WrestleMania 19. He, he kind of took The Rock's thing and made it better. Yeah, I don't know about because he's not because he's not cutting as creative of promo. Like it's still he's just he's way better. He's better at getting heat because he's the better Rock, at controlling the audience. Yes, I think because but yeah. not, because The Rock like he's he not would, a trailblazer like The Rock was necessarily. Yes. But The Rock was just so charming and yeah. charismatic that he could just talk trash to your whole city. And you'd still yeah. laugh and love him. And that's nothing against Elias. Like, comparing anybody to the charismatic... To the uh, biggest star in man, Hollywood. Yeah. And the top you know, it's five. tough. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it's a, uh, the comparison is there. I mean, he's a better singer than The Rock. I think we can all agree on that. Sure. Um, <laughs> do we want to talk about the women's tag team title yeah, match? Yeah, up next, we have a women's tag team title match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are defending their tag team titles. Against somebody. The Iconics. Oh, yeah. They got the rematch. Uh, the only thing I, of note that I had in this match was we had a, a Disney cosplay off in this match because you had Billy Dude. Kay dressed like Maleficent and you had uh, Alexa Bliss with the outfit of the night, maybe, for me. Oh, yes. Buzz, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. Well, hey, Ricochets might be the outfit of the oh, night. Oh, the Nightwing was pretty Luke, cool. Serious question. What's up? Is this the first time you ever wanted to kiss Buzz Lightyear? No, not the first time. Oh. Was weird. it when she was dressed as a... Uh, the lady when he only had one arm in the first movie. <laughs> I don't even know. No, it was not. It was okay. the first. Luke's actually never seen Toy Story, so <gasps> shut your blasphemous mouth. Hey, fellas, I haven't down. seen the new one though. Hey, Me was either. this match any good? Because I was tuned out. The only right. the only thing I saw was Alexa doing like the laser thing. 
and I tuned out the rest of the match. Was I just it wanna, any good? I just want to say it's stupid that the uh, champs came out first. <laughs> the Iconics cut a promo before the match, basically just saying that they're going to win their belts back, blah, 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 blah. Um, Gotta be joking me! Gotta be joking me! Nice. Thanks. Uh, Twisted Bliss for the win is how... Um, they retain. They won. It's weird to see Alexa play the face. Yeah, yeah she was, was like full-blown so baby face from what I understand. Yes. I noted that, and I'm going to give my rating real quick and then ask you guys a question. Actually, I'll let Luke give his rating before I ask the question. But I gave it two and three quarter stars. I thought it was solid but unspectacular. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch it. Um, Is it worth going back and watching? I, I no. Think it, I think it's worth the watch, yeah. Oh, I whoa, think, we got differing opinions I, I don't. I mean, there weren't... What did you give it? What did you give it? I gave it, I gave it two and three quarters, but I could not tell you a spot that I remember besides I'm not the, talking the about the, pose. the match really just the the dynamic between Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss has been captivating me since it happened yeah do you think a turn is still coming or do you yes. think there's my question yes, there's my inevitable. question right there uh yeah I think it's still coming when does Alexa turn in two months when they're ready to give Nikki her solo push Survivor Series that's what I'm saying in I I, I guess there's no Raw versus Smackdown women's tag team championship you know like they they do the Raw versus Smackdown they are, they're going to lose, and Alexa's going to turn on her after the match. Mm-hmm. And Nikki is going to be catapulted, and at this time next year, you're going to see her in a title feud. She's great, man. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome, and she's got great character work. So does Alexa, by the way. Alexa is incredible. I love, I missed, when she was out of the ring, I just felt like there was something missing. And there was still a ton of wonderful women's matches, but I still felt like there was something missing with her. There was. Um, uh, I, can I also have one, I have one gripe? Sure. Buzz Lightyear, Alexa Bliss. Why wasn't Nikki Cross dressed like Woody? I asked that during the show. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I looked that would have been hilarious. I looked at Luke and great. asked him that during the show. Yes, he did. Uh, that That is factual. Well, also, I don't know about you guys. And, I mean, she's had the finisher for forever. But I think Alexa just needs something more impactful than Twisted Bliss. She has the DDT she uses sometimes. Okay. All right. That's fair. She rarely uses it, but she has it. But Twisted Bliss just... there's. It, it doesn't. the The twist feels like it kills all her momentum in the air, and it doesn't. And she's tiny. It looks cool. It does look cool, but it doesn't look like it hurts that. That's much. who I am. But I would like her to do that to me over and over. Okay, well, settle down. No, no, no. With no sexual context, just that's fine. It won't hurt. Okay. Yeah. Well, also, you're like a six ten man, and she's like a five foot woman. So I mean, it'd be platonic. It's okay, fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the way you feel about Alexa's finisher is the way I feel about Bailey's finisher. Just yep. throwing that out there. The- Although she did have a cool variation on the main roster. Well, the, the Bailey to Belly? The Bailey to Belly. Shall we move on? I love Speaking the elbow of main, Let's though. start that main show up. All right. We are going to start off uh, with Pyro, baby. Yes. A great yes. display of Pyro. Yes. Uh, that's the one aspect of the Attitude Era I do want back is the Pyro. And uh, they, they delivered here. Thank There's you, a few AW, different... for forcing their hand. Yeah. There was a few different instances of Pyro in this show. Uh, we get a brief introduction by the... Um, by the people, by the talking heads, by the Renee Youngs and the Michael Coles. And then we get to our first match right away, which is Natalia versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship in a submission match. Did not see this one being first. I didn't either, uh, but it ended up kind of being an interesting opener. Uh, it was fun, yeah. I thought this match was actually pretty dang good for a submission match opening a pay-per-view. It's a risky move to open a pay-per-view with a, a match that's naturally going to be a little bit slower, like and a submission take match. Right. Yes. But uh, I think to, to balance that out, you have probably the most over person in your company still in Becky? that first match. Yeah. You think? Not she's, after not after Sunday, I don't think she's the most over person in the company. No. Uh, I'm, even going in, I'd argue that Kevin Owens at that moment is probably mm. more over than she is. 
Th- yeah, that could that could be. But th- this this Toronto crowd. Now I know we kind of briefly talked about this uh, on our ch- group chat. Uh, this was a really hot and cold, smarky yeah. crowd. Yeah, it was weird. They booed Becky Lynch. They booed Kofi Kingston. They booed Seth Rollins. I mean, they were. I mean, they obviously. And here's the thing: as a testament to all three of those performers, they all had them on their side by the end of the match. Yes, which was very interesting to yes. see. Uh, they wanted to be a fickle crowd, but they couldn't. They couldn't do it. They fickle. had. They they had to bite. Uh, anyways, there's a few really interesting spots in this match. Um, a lot of really interesting, especially so. Nat- Natalia was hitting some interesting offense. Uh, she hit a superplex, uh, and. A really good-looking superplex, by the way, Natty right. to Becky. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but the referee looked devastated. You have to go back and look at this ref. He really? was acting. His acting chops were great. He was acting like he was going to cry when both these have, ladies were dead on the have, ground. Have you ever seen the uh, video of that boxing ref that's like that's like yeah. moving with the punches? Yeah. Like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. It was great. Uh, there was also a point when Natty hit uh, hits this really cool sharpshooter in the corner. It was like you know how Bret Hart used to hit the figure, the figure four yes. outside. On the post. She hit it inside, and it was a sharpshooter on the second rope in the corner. Dude, and that was so cool. And there, apparently, there's no rope breaks in submission matches, which I learned on Sunday. That's never been a thing. Uh, it it was in WrestleMania 13. It was in, in that the match. Bret Hart, but you match? and I, yeah. But I was like, what? Since when? Because. That's yeah, not I, that's not a regular thing. I liked it. I thought it but, added drama to the match. But because, it's clear that they made that just yeah. for that spot specifically. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. Uh, Nat- Natalia also hit a... Cause so the whole story of this match was uh, Natalia was going after Becky's legs the whole time and and uh, really going after her legs, trying to get her weakened for the sharpshooter. And there's this really cool spot where Natalia hit a suplex on Becky and snapped her legs on the ring ropes in the corner. Oh, yes. yes. I love that. That was awesome, too. Uh, Natalia was really kind of hitting some different-looking offense for her, but I think where Becky stood out was she was hitting some freaking amazing submission reversals, mm-hmm. particularly in the beginning of this mm-hmm. match where Natalia's trying to go for the sharpshooter and she rolls through into the arm bar. That happened several times. Uh, I thought the way they were wrestling for the submissions uh, was Probably the most interesting part of this match. In the end, Becky Lynch wins with the disarm her in 12 minutes and 23 seconds. Um, what do you guys think? You go first. Uh, I give it 3.25 stars. Oh, there's a spot that I wanted to... Two spots that I wanted to uh, yeah, there's to highlight that, well. that Natty had here. One was when uh, there was this really cool segment when Becky had Natalia in the arm bar. She switched to a triangle. Natalia deadlifts her and slams her down. Rampage Becky Jackson. holds, yeah, Rampage Jackson style. Mm-hmm. She Becky holds the submission like it actually happens in MMA, which is something you don't see very often. Right. Uh, and then she ends up eventually getting into a leg submission after the second deadlift attempt. Uh, and then there's a spot outside where uh, Natalia essentially Cesaro swinged Becky Lynch into oh, the barricade. Just like uh, Sammy Callahan and uh-huh. Tessa Blanchard uh-huh. from Slammiversary. Yep, yep. Yeah, that spot's yeah. awesome. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, well, that and they seem to do it on purpose right next to what is that? The what? VR camera. Is that what that is? It's a VR they camera. They seem to yeah. do that right next to that camera. And it always looks like they're about to just I know slam into it. Um, but yeah, overall, I gave it three point two five stars. I thought it was a really fun opening match. Uh, the right lady won. Obviously, this was just a filler match. I want to say because who's? I mean. Well, we can talk about it after the ratings, but my big question coming out of this match was, who's next for Becky Lynch? That's one of my on questions. Raw? And there was no lead up for this, right? I mean, there was a little bit. Uh, also, what, I do a have week, to say, two weeks worth. Yeah, like two or three weeks worth was yeah. it. Uh, also, I loved the jacket Natalia wore to the ring. Yes, it was like a mosaic, like glass mirror jacket. It was sick. 
That was awesome. But then she took it off, and I realized that both ladies were essentially wearing the same thing. That was a little rough. Uh, Um, Not to be like the fashionista of the show or anything, but... (laughs) So I really love this match. I gave it three and three quarters. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Right on. So I think Natty is very underrated. I think one of my favorite spots in this match was the sharpshooter on the second rope. I loved that. When they were sitting up there and the sharpshooter was applied on the second rope. I thought that that was phenomenal. Um... Becky continues a very good run since since last year, since Survivor Series of last year, and I think Natty needs to keep being given these spots, these uh, high profile spots, because she can make anybody look good. As long as she can do it, she deserves it, right? Exactly. She's like the only elder stateswoman exactly. left, right? Yeah. I think that needs to be a role now, right? Is having these good to great matches with She's the younger talent, like Chris Jericho was like five yeah. years ago. So I'll let Luke give his ratings and I'll ask my questions. Okay. Okay. Uh, I gave it. Three and a half stars. That was obviously the match of the night. Stepstool. Yep, we stepstooled yeah, it. That's right. That's right. Nice. Uh, it was the match of the night for me so far. Um, nice. Opening match. Think, match of the night. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, well, so some of us watched the pre show. So. Oh, okay. I technically. Oh, don't start that. Hey, hey, How many is, times did hey, you quit this is watching Big the Boys New Day? 2.0, baby? We're flipping the script, all right? Um, so there were, there were a couple spots. Oh, first of all, there were quite a few Bret Hart references from Natalia. Throughout uh, the night, not yes. even just, I mean, the man himself made an appearance oh, later yeah. on in the night, but. First guy to appear on both AEW and WWE. Exactly. What about Chris Jericho? That oh, was before yeah. AEW was what a thing. What about Sean Spears? Before AEW was what a thing. What about Cody Rhodes? Before AEW oh, okay. was a thing. We're gotcha. Fi- we're going to Sorry, fight. pal. Um, so, yeah, she dra- she brought, she came out with a Canadian flag. She draped it over a, a, a fan, kind of like Brett would do with the glasses. Um, also notice that Mike Rome is bleach blonde. Good God. Oh, it's bad. Did you, did you notice? Oh, Corey, yeah. And, and Corey Graves I, made fun of him on Twitter for it. I feel like, so what my assumption is, is that he's going to be dyeing his hair a different color. Because you know how when you have like dark hair, friend. you have to bleach it in order yeah. to change it a different color. So I'm guessing that's what's happening. Maybe we'll see him with red hair or something. Next right. Time so um, we have, hold on real quick. Uh, we have Natalia had like this step on move, like where she stepped on the gut of Becky. And then Becky turned it into a sharpshooter. Oh, yeah. that was such a sick counter. There was also... Uh, they won the crowd over, like you said. There was this is awesome chant, and then a big spot at the end uh, where Natalia almost had Becky beating the sharpshooter, and the crowd was super into that finish. And then uh, Becky crawled to the apron and got the counter and finished it off with a disarmor. What did you guys think of? I guess this ties back into talking about the crowd, but the way that they were to- they were totally uh, anticipating Natalia getting like a huge babyface pop. Yeah. Because Becky was portrayed as the heel for almost oh, that entire yeah. match. And Natalia, like you said, she came out with the flag and you know, they definitely portrayed her as like this this white meat Canadian babyface. The crowd didn't really react that way. It was pretty split. Well, and you'll see later for you know, another Canadian that they didn't really give too much of a pop for the entrance. So, oh boy, yeah, yeah, that was very <laughs> that disappointing. bugged me. That bugged me. That was me. very disappointing. Um, so I had two questions after this match. Yeah, hit me. One obviously got answered last night. What's next for Becky Lynch? Well, she got into a fight with Sasha Banks last night. So that's true. That's the ob- boss is back. That's obviously what's next. The second thing is, how does Becky keep the momentum before it goes away? I think she doesn't, and I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I think it fe- it it's starting to feel like to me. Like, it's time to get the title off her for a while and have her just go and kind of, not under the radar, but get back to the chase. So my opinion be was going to be yeah. very similar, that she needs to lose to Sasha. 
And Sasha needs to retain the damn belt on a pay-per-view. And then she ne Sasha needs to win the belt, and Becky needs to go on the chase. Exactly. For Sasha. And Sasha needs to be the cowardly heel. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, she needs to be NXT Sasha. I and, think that might be where we're going. And um, to be fair, I did not even think about Sasha involved with Becky. See, a lot this. of people had been. I hadn't been. I'm no, with you. I, I had not. Out of had sight, not, out of mind. It had not crossed my mind. I'm so happy she's back. She was not out of my mind. I had her going a different direction. Yeah? I had her going against Bailey. I'm with you. I thought she was going to go to SmackDown. and Face I her she, old partner. Yes. And exactly. I thought she was going to be like, you abandoned me and turn heel on Bailey. I love the swerve. But, but I do love this, and I think that's going to be a fantastic match coming up. Well, I wasn't even sure if Sasha, I mean, because social media went wild, right, with how disgruntled she was. And so, obviously, WWE refused to release her if that was right. even a fact. Yeah. Um, but... I wasn't sure if she was just going to hold out or what the heck was going I, on. So. I think a lot of these guys are swerving us, bro. It's a swerve, swerve. swerve bro. It's a swerve. I think the Sasha and Revival stuff has oh, all been swerves. And I too. think some of those fans are ridiculous Hook, for believing line, and it. sinker. Yep. I agree, man. I agree. Uh, some in particular. Uh, up next. Oh, before we do that, after the match, Graves and Cole on commentary had a really interesting exchange. At least I thought it was interesting. Tell us. I, I don't so remember. Corey Graves is talking about Becky Lynch and how this run has been exhausting and, and uh, very tenuative for her and very, you know, she's getting worn out. How much longer can she keep this going? How much, how many more defenses does she have in her? Right. And uh, I thought Michael Cole's response was fantastic because all he said was, uh, so basically, you know, Graves is like, I don't know, how, how much longer can she hold this belt? And uh, Cole said in response, at least one more night. And I don't know why, but that really resonated with me. Because, like, yeah, one day at a time, right? Yeah. One more night, she won here. Like, I don't know. I thought it was a rare, like, subtle moment from Michael Cole that you don't see very often. And before the next match, Trish is interviewed in the back. <laughs> this interview she, is terrible. It was terrible. And she basically said, I'm happy to be here. I'm going to win my match. Essentially. It, it was It was a very awkward. It was awkward. A really bad. And it wasn't necessarily her fault, although her delivery wasn't great. But the material she had to work with was like, right. people don't talk the way she was talking. It was the first thing I noticed. When I she didn't really talking. even want to bring it up. I just thought we should probably yeah. talk about it. And up next after that, the second match on the card. And I thought the perfect placement for this match, Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can you name the seven guys that have beaten Goldberg in his career? It's crazy. He's only lost to seven guys. I know, right? For an entire, he's only, he's only lost to seven guys. Yes. Okay. Triple H. Of course. Uh, Kevin Nash. That was the first one, yes. The Cattle Prod. The Cattle Prod match at Starcade yeah. 97. Yep. Uh, Wonderful match. LOL. Uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. Yep. Mm. The, Not The Miz, no. The Miz. No. Who are the other four? All right. Undertaker, obviously, at Crown Jewel like a month ago. Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh! I forgot. I like to pretend that match doesn't exist because it's so fucking. That bad. was one of the worst wrestling matches I've ever seen. All right, uh, it hurts me to think about that match. Okay, so you ready for the next two? Yeah, the next three. Yeah, Bret Hart, the Hitman, Booker T, mm. the Hitman. Okay, and uh, the, like literally because he went now. Nah, whatever. Go ahead. The big bad, bad booty, booty daddy, daddy Scott Steiner in WCW. Yep. Really? Yep. I'm pretty sure Steiner beat him for the title at one point. The Big Bad Booty Daddy? Yeah. Holla if you hear me. Holla if you hear me. Well, that's interesting. So the man has only oh, lost hey, to seven people. Can I mention this? That yeah. Scott Steiner reminds me of this. So he's he's on Cameo now. Scott you, Steiner? Yeah. You guys are familiar with Cameo. Yes. Yeah, it's so like a pay to say. It's basically where you pay for a personalized video. Right. Um, and so for $100, you can have Scott Steiner cut a heel promo on you. And boys, we need to we need to pitch in. Uh, we Ooh. might need to do yeah. that. That might be fun. 
Um, anyways, Goldberg uh, versus Ziggler here. I thought this, like I said, perfect placement. If you're going to be using Legends on these big shows, uh, put them here. Uh, I thought this was one of the many spectacle moments. I don't care what the internet fans think. This show was a spectacle. It was just a tightly wrapped spectacle. And this was the perfect place to use a legend like Goldberg. Uh, he wins in three minutes after the spear, after he speared Dolph Ziggler out of his And boots, a jackhammer. And a jackhammer. Uh, Ziggler does get a little bit of offense when the match starts. A couple super kicks, uh, mm-hmm. both for one counts. Mm-hmm. And uh, Goldberg ultimately comes out ahead. What did you guys think of this match? Uh, I- I'm going to wait to give my rating. Well, let's just talk about what happened after. So after the match... Uh, Dolph is writhing on the ground. Dolph is like dead. And then he grabs the mic three separate occasions. Calls him a dipshit at one calls point. Calls Goldberg a dipshit the first time, which I popped huge for that. Uh, and then said he didn't have any nuts, I think, another time. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time he called him out, Goldberg would march back out to the ring and spear him one more time. And the fans were just eating it up. Uh, super fun. So overall, this was a three-minute match, technically. I'm going to give the segment three stars for each minute of the match. What do you guys think? So, I gave the match itself two and a quarter. Uh, the match itself. The segment I gave five stars because nice. I think it was perfectly done. I think it made Goldberg uh, redeem himself perfectly. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, That threw me off. <laughs> Someone just knocked on my door and they're not going to get the door answered. Uh, I mean, we can just pause it right quick. Nope. All right. But so I thought it was perfectly well done. I thought it was perfect placement, like Zach said. What do you think, Luke? Uh, I gave it two and a quarter. Um, I mean, you got to remember, and as much as Zach wants to block it out, one of the worst matches ever did happen, and Goldberg did give himself a concussion, and he needed redemption here. He got it. He absolutely got it. Uh, they kept it simple. Uh, you gotta love. You mentioned Pyro earlier. You gotta love the Goldberg. sparks. Oh yeah. yeah, coming out through the sparks. He he gets the whole fanfare. The crowd, he, he was over. Here. Oh yeah, the crowd, the Goldberg chant. It was all great. And I was, you know, you guys kind of pitched me crap too because I'm, you know, a Goldberg uh, critic. I'd say, just just you know, his in ring work obviously leaves something to be desired sometimes. Right. Um, but. Man, I had goosebumps. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, two two and a quarter. Um, and Dolph Ziggler's a perfect person to to pair him with here because he's gonna sell his ass off no matter what. And I don't think we're giving these spears enough credit. There were three spears total. They were fantastic. They were some of the best spears I've ever seen, and I mean literally ever. I thought Dolph was gonna literally break in half with that first one. It but was brutal. One one thing with Dolph though, I mean, you guys. Are a little more in tune with his with the storyline than I am. Um, like he just he's losing. Like he's losing a lot, and it seems like he's all he does. I mean, it's it just yeah. He lost the Miz. What what are they doing? What are they doing with him? What are they gonna do? Because how are we having to lose to guys? He, he's gonna come out. He's gonna cut the same Dolph Ziggler promo that he yeah. cuts every time he goes out to the ring. Not that he's a bad promo. He's a good promo, but he just cuts the same promo every time he's on the microphone. It's the same thing. But and he'll keep doing that, and he'll keep losing to guys, and he'll eventually either leave or retire. How much time's left on his contract? He signed a new one at Royal he Rumble. He signed time. a new one. Damn yeah. It. So he's he's he's. I in just it. want you to think about the landscape of AEW right now, and think about him reinventing himself a little bit and getting in there, and he would be absolutely perfect. I agree. Right? Okay, so I have a discussion question. Yeah. Okay. So on this show, we have some part-timers. Uh, I mean, I guess you could throw Shane McMahon, even though he's been wrestling a lot lately. Trish. Um, Trish, Goldberg, even Edge. What is the proper way to use Legends? Because the Saudi Arabia stuff's not cutting it for me. It's this. 
Okay. It's it's if it's putting them on big shows and it's putting them not in key moments. Right. Sprinkling them throughout the shows. If you have to use legends, which they think that they do right now to help bolster ratings and get fan interest back to a level where you can sustain it. And admittedly, legends do help. And I'm not saying right. you can't use them. I thought the way they used them at this show at SummerSlam was perfect. Correct. I would do do follow this model going forward for your involvement of legends and part timers because I have no gripes or complaints at the way anybody any legend was used in the show. What do you guys think? Um, I think this is the perfect way to do it because I think um, like you'll see with Trish Stratus, she probably wrestled the best last match ever. She looked great. She could still go on a part time basis. I mean, if we're literally talking last last match, then yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. She because I mean, Shawn Michaels came out of retirement. Yeah. Rick Flair, Rick Flair. Yeah. Stone Cold wrestled Eric Bischoff on a show. Yeah, and she went out her own way. The Rock wrestled Eric Rowan in a six minute or six second match. Yep. You know, so damn it, I forgot about that. So Hogan retired on a TNA house show. That was his last match in a six man tag. Uh, who who else can you throw out there? I mean, who else had a last match that good? Man, who wrote? I mean, I can't sunset? can't really come up with anybody off the top of my head. Right? I wouldn't say Sean, but like you said, CM Punk maybe. What was his last match? Royal I don't even Rumble. remember. No, yeah. I guess. I mean, maybe. I mean, I can't think of anybody that tops it. And we'll get there, obviously. Yeah, but for sure. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up, too, about the whole Dolph and Goldberg thing was I wouldn't have booked it that way. Uh, I think I was talking to you guys about it. And I would have, personally, if I was booking the show and we had Dolph to use, I'd kind of run with this, like, legend killer persona, but, like, run with it. I would have given him the win here. And I would have had him go against HBK and really beat him down. But that's not the way they chose to go. Uh, so for what it was, it was fine. Is HBK even down for a one-on-one anymore? Probably not. Probably not. He said he doesn't want to wrestle again after that really terrible tag team match. Shall um, we move on? Well, oh, do you have a point? I mean, I, I just want to say that Goldberg needed his redemption. Definitely. Yeah, he did. You know, and I then, mean, I'm, I'm with you. And you know, So we're recording this Tuesday night. Um, if you go back, I mean, on Monday, on Raw... Dolph got beat by the Miz. Yeah, and then and then got a post match beat down again. Yep. So yeah, I mean he's just taking L's. Yeah, he is, and we'll see where they go with him from here. Up next, we had a really fun little video package. Uh, but when you have material as good as the buildup has been between AJ Styles and Ricochet, you're gonna have a good video package. You missed one thing. What did I miss? I'm sorry. The New Day came in, told Kofi that they're bringing Drake for him. Oh yeah, and it was Drake Maverick. It was Drake Maverick, and he rapped. That was it was really, in a Kyle Lowry shirt was, or jersey. It was really cool. It was awesome. It was really cool. Uh, so yeah, now we are gonna go. I'd to, much rather listen to Drake Maverick than Drake the rapper. Same. Stop. We're gonna go with Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Uh, of course. Can, uh, can we so, point out that Luke Gallows is wearing his New Japan face paint? Oh, he looked mm. the the OC mm-hmm. man. The their graphics, their swag, their attitudes. The OC it is. The only club, the original club. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about something on Fox. The old show? No. I am on board with what they've been doing with AJ, Carl, Who do and we Luke think? lately. Who do we think? Do we think uh, Eric? Do we think Paul? Do we think Brucey Boy? Who? I think it's a mixture of the three. Yeah. Uh, because man, they have just completely. I mean, this could they could be this this generation's NWO. This is what if they we were keep saying. up with the pace that this they are on. This is what we were saying needed to happen when they first got in. Oh, the when they first this came in, we were saying WWE. years ago. Yeah, yes. when AJ first came in, and we screamed like little girls. Yeah, and we're finally getting there, and it's awesome. And I do have to say, I think you mentioned it earlier, but uh, Ricochet's Nightwing uh, ring attire oh, yes. was great, gorgeous. I mean, I don't like him covering the abs because they are washboard abs. <laughs> But I mean, for a one night special, he did look pretty badass. So badass. He looked like a bat. 
Um, again, this has been a really fun feud, a really fun rivalry. Uh, the OC's involvement has just made it, can has I, just raised the stakes even higher. Can I tell you what my favorite part of this match was? What? When Ricochet ran across Carl yeah, Anderson yep, and Luke yep. Gallows and then hit a hurricane. Yeah, there's, it's hard to even explain what he did. Basically, he used them as stepping stones to then Hurricane Rana AJ Styles outside of the ring. It was amazing. And Ricochet insane, is amazing. Man. And to make it even more amazing, those two are not the same size. Carl and, no. Carl and Luke. Luke Gallows is much taller Luke than Carl Anderson. Luke Gallows is like a NBA player-sized yeah. man. And Carl Anderson, I mean, he's still a big guy, but right. he is significantly And he stepped smaller. on Anderson first, didn't yeah. he? So he had to go up to get yeah, to Gallows. To and then he had and to go back down, down to get to AJ. Way down. Uh, yeah, that was a that, really cool that spot. That was some Kobe Kingston-like maneuvers. Oh, yeah. Also, there was a little bit uh, right before the match started where... They were introducing the foreign announcers going down the line. Oh, and then, and then you and then had Carmella and R Truth were pretending to be foreign announcers to hide to kind of hide from Maverick. I guess was the idea behind Boy, it. Boy, that that twenty four seven belt has really boosted. It has the ass. Of, it really uh, has. It has boosted their asses and yeah. boosted my ass. Yeah, I mean, uh, as long as they got R Truth involved. And I'll tell you guys. Fine. I was so anti twenty four seven title the night Same. they introduced it. I think we had a long we had conversation. a very long conversation because that was when like WWE felt like it was in the dumps, and uh, it has been one of the most entertaining segments oh, every sure. week because on, of on the one shows. man. I mean, you could oh, put Drake no, Maverick in there too. There, there's been a couple people. Carmella's yeah. helped yeah, with it. True. Yeah. Uh, even all that stuff on the Raw reunion show with Ted DiBiase and Pat yeah, Patterson was, cool. was yeah, fun. True. Elias has been fun. Jinder Mahal. At the golf course and, and yeah. the airport, yeah, and that's stuff. true. That but stuff, it's but if truth wouldn't have started everything off, you're, I mean, you're right. When you're right, you're right, and yeah. you're right. Yeah, well, okay, to be yeah, fair, yeah. Titus O'Neil started it off, but and he was, was the inaugural. Yeah, yeah. was it over? No, exactly. Uh, so this is a, a, a really really good match. I thought uh, the whole story here is Ricochet's getting his his lower half kind of worked on the whole time. You know, take away the flippy guy at his flippy axis, if you will. Uh, and that's AJ's, that's AJ's strategy throughout this match. Uh, eventually gets to the point where AJ or Ricochet's leg is so hurt he's on one leg. But it doesn't matter because he's Ricochet. And he hits a, a one-legged springboard flying elbow. Oh, my God. Uh, and then he follows it up with a one-and-a-half-legged standing shooting star press directly after hitting that springboard elbow. He Is there anything this man cannot do? I don't think there is because I haven't seen it yet. He can do anything. He can do anything. He might be the greatest athlete I've ever seen. Um, he might really be the greatest athlete I've I ever seen. I think Ricochet might be the best flyer I have ever seen. But I think AJ kind of started that trend back in the day. Well... Making it cool. Yes, but I mean, when you're... I mean... I'd say that AJ he, was more well-rounded to me. I don't yeah. consider AJ a huge flyer. I consider oh, like in the, the beginning, he used to be when, when he yes. was in TNA. When he got big, he was a flyer, and that's all he was. You could even argue though that the real start of that was like the WCW cruiserweights, at least in this right. Country. But a, yeah. AJ, AJ, and Daniels and Elix Skipper and basically low, the X Division, low key, right. yeah, all those guys made it cool but, to be kind of a spot monkey. But to me, people like Billy Kidman were making it cool before then. Yeah, but Jeff they, Hardy. I they, mean, Jeff they took Hardy. they took what Billy Kidman and Jeff Hardy were doing and took it to a whole new level. Yes, yeah, yeah. But you were kind of making the point of like who who made it cool, and to me that that was with those guys. Anyway, yeah. Should we get to the finishing uh, sequence of this match because it yeah. was very good? Uh, so we're getting close to the end of the match here. AJ hits a really nice roll through, gets into the calf crusher, and sinks it in. Uh, AJ is just, he's trying to kill Ricochet with his calf crusher because the torque he's putting on it is amazing. Ricochet fights out with the Brock Lesnar reversal tactic of just slamming the guy's head into the mat. 
uh, which is kind of fun. And what's he turning into? He turns it into the Anaconda device, like smooth as butter. Rolls it into the Anaconda device. Everyone's going crazy at this point. Gallows and Anderson start getting involved here. Uh, he, Ricochet is able to fight them off twice when it happens, uh, but it causes enough of a distraction where uh, Ricochet goes for like almost like a standing Phoenix splash to AJ, who catches him. Like a corkscrew. Yeah. He catches him, and he hits him with a South Clash to retain. In 13 minutes and 6 seconds, the ending sequence of this... The whole match is really good. Yep. The ending sequence of this match was amazing. I loved the ending mm-hmm. of this match. The OC's involvement was great. How they're just pesky little cockroaches. They're not going away. Uh, and it Directly... Well, indirectly. Like, they didn't get... They didn't put hands on Ricochet. But they helped him just enough to where he caused a distraction. But AJ still had to do it himself, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, the match, I'm going to give 3.5 stars. Really like this match a lot. Uh... Nothing bad to say about it. This might be a hot take. I gave it 3.5 as well. If this was anybody else, this would be a four-star match. But I was expecting these two to put on a five-star classic. And Mm. I felt there was a lot to be left out there. Like, there was a lot to be desired in the match. Because I felt these two were going to tear it down with a a five-star match. Uh, I hear you. But how many times have you said that about AJ Styles in the past two years? It's actually starting to happen a little bit more. Which is, he's, it's not that he's putting on bad, he's not Shinsuke Nakamura, he wasn't going out there putting on bad matches. Uh, right. I just think he's getting to the point of his career where he's like, I don't really have to kill myself. Well, okay, let me ask you, let me ask you this, if Jinder Mahal and Zack Ryder went out and had a match like this, you're gonna be like, wow. That's a four-star That's match. That's a four-star match. That was fantastic. You're, you're not wrong. But. You're not wrong. So I'm looking, Ricochet is the most athletic guy in pro wrestling right now. And AJ Styles. Will Ospreay? Yeah, yeah. That's the, it's the only one that is. Even that's in that the only one that's comparable, in the other than Jinder Mahal. But um, <laughs> okay, just, fair just enough. Kidding. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, three point five. I just thought there was a lot to be desired still, even okay. though it was so that's really fair. good. Do you think they continue this because the club or the the OC did get involved toward the end of the match? It could the, get one more match out of him if he really wanted. The to. end of Ross was Raw last night was three on three fighting after AJ versus Seth with oh, Seth that's right. Braun, Braun and Ricochet versus yeah. the OC. So you could go back to that. Well, Luke, what did you think of this um, match? I a lot of what you said, Kyle. Three and three quarters, and I really, really wanted to give it a four. I really wanted to give it a four. Um, I think that the, it was necessary storyline wise for the OC to be involved, but I think it also brought the match down somewhat because. I mean, these two can just go and go and go and go. Um, I thought that some they. I mean, they were pesky, right? Like you said, and I thought that that lent to the storyline, but not to the match itself. Um, as far as I don't know, winning the battle versus winning the war. I'm talking very like cryptically, but <laughs> I I just thought it could have been a better one-on-one match, kind of like earlier in the pre-show, um, between with the Buddy Murphy match where they could have tore the house down. But it was interrupted by storyline advancement. And there was a couple couple instances in this pay-per-view where you could tell it was just, okay, we're just about moving the story along instead of uh, w- rounding this match out. So I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. I loved it, but couldn't quite give it four stars. Um, yeah. I also, also r- sorry, Kyle, real quick. I want to give love to Ricochet. He might be, you know, besides Dolph, might be one of the best sellers right now in the Yeah, business. he was selling oh his legs so well like i mentioned with the one-legged springboard moves after every move even if he was not using his legs he made sure to go back to that leg the right one too. the targeted yes. leg he made and sure his, to do it and he made sure and that's something expressions yes yeah, and that's something that even that i've seen improvement and even since he joined nxt yeah he deserves all the credit in the world for how much he's improved at, with this in-ring storytelling 
yeah. because if there was ever one knock against the guys like Ricochet and Will Ospreay and deserves Ospreay. and Ospreay deserves credit for this too because he's come leaps and bounds. It's that sometimes they focus a little bit too much on the athleticism and not enough on the story. Ricochet has found that balance to where he he's a stud now at that. I mean, his selling was so believable throughout this match. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because I did have it in my notes and just kind of skimmed. Well, over and it's it, funny. But. I mean, you mentioned Osprey too. There's I can't remember what company they're in, but that you go back to that match That's where the Osprey, G1 in yeah. 2016. Yeah. yeah. Osprey and Ricochet where they're just flip 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 yeah. like it's just non-stop. It's, it was almost too choreographed. Yeah, there's zero selling. Yeah. Um so I thought that was awesome. Also a little bit of method acting. Ricochet legit had like some nightwing mannerisms yeah he did some superhero s stuff yeah so i um, loved it and then after the match the oc just just beat up poor old ricky with the magic they, killer they leave him laying dead uh and up next i have a question yeah uh so we know ricochet is eventually going to win a world title right yeah is aj done with the world titles probably you think you think he ever gets that one one more uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but if I was going to put money on it, I'd say no, he doesn't. I mean, he's he's probably gotten so much more than he was expecting out of WWE anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah. Not really. It's not really a question like saying WWE is wronging him. It's just saying, no. is he is he too old now? Or like, not too old, but is he, is, is it past him by now? Is he going to be a upper mid card the rest of his career? Or does he slide back into the world title? I think title? he'll get back into the world title picture. I don't know if he'll actually get the win. So kind of yes. like the Shawn Michaels of 2004, 2005, exactly. 2006. Exactly. Sure. I think, that's a, I think that's a great representation of where his career yeah, is going to go. Yeah, me too. Uh, up next, we have a very uh, interesting backstage segment. Woo! The Street Profits are just partying I backstage. I love them. Also, hell of a match at NXT TakeOver. Oh, yeah. They had a, against the Undisputed Era. That was match. fantastic. I know you guys both watched it. They had a great match. That was so good. The opening, it's become like a, the formula of formulas that you open an NXT TakeOver match with a four-star uh, tag team title match. That, that's the formula yeah. at this point. And I'm, I'm going to do a hot take right here. Yeah. Montez Ford, future WWE champion. I'd buy it. He's great. God. Wow. He's like Kofi, but he might be a better worker than Kofi. Yeah, I was like, he's got that same swagger, and like, he's even built similarly to Kofi. Yeah, dude, that that match, so good. God. And Dawkins deserves credit too because he's oh. he's improved so. Oh, much. he's such a good big man. Yeah. Um, this segment, I don't know how I feel about it though. Oh, uh, I love this segment. Did you really? Yeah, I, I thought it was it. a little awkward. Uh, so they're just like woohooing and partying, and here comes Ric Flair. Also, uh, what is it? Dawkins really wants Nikki Cross's dick. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Dawkins kept trying to hit on Nikki Cross. And uh, Ric Flair comes in, and they woo together, and then we go to our next match. Okay, but let, let's be fair. That was a nice little rub for the Street Profits. You get oh, with, for sure. You get to be with Ric Flair. For sure. I didn't hate it. I just It was a little like, oh, okay. Uh, uh, it kind of goes along with the Kurt Angle segment from Raw, yeah, where they drank, yeah. they drank milk with Kurt Angle. True. You know what, though? Oh. I kind of like how the Street Profits have like unofficially officially been on the main roster i'm just happy they're not i love working. how they're just hanging out they're not working matches yeah yet. they're just hanging out they're, they're just, just getting exposure. having fun yeah i love it um i do there was a moment there where they were just wilding out with rick and i'm very surprised that the uh the picture the snapshot of uh ford being cross-eyed isn't a meme yet i mean i missed that huh i didn't see that you didn't? He went like cross-eyed. Yeah. yeah, he like went right in front of the camera and like did this cross-eyed thing. Oh, Almost I didn't like, even And notice. also, I'm pretty sure Ric Flair took a little bump at the end. Did he? I'm pretty sure he went down to elbow his jacket. <laughs> no, the, the, one of the Street Profits did. Oh, oh that's right. Profits? It was one of the Street Profits. I thought I, Flair was going right. down with the camera. Oh, man. I hope he... I mean, if you're going to do that, at least get a shot of it. That's God. right. 
Maybe they put a crash pad down for him. Yes. Yeah, uh, up yeah. next is Ember Moon versus Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I knew this match was doomed when neither woman got any cheers or boos or anything coming down yeah. to the ring. Uh, but uh, Ember looks like she's right out of Tour Rock, dude. She, her, yeah. Uh, her ring gear was interesting. Uh, I like Ember. This match I wasn't it, her. though, for nope. me. Um, I didn't hate it. I guess we'll get into it. There's not much to talk about. This was a very bog standard uh, second hour of Raw women's title match. Yep. I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, the crowd certainly didn't help, uh, but after coming off the first two matches they had, uh, or the first three, I guess, even technically, uh, I kind of understand, you know, they're, they're not going to be up the whole show. It's unfortunate this was the match that they chose to rest for, but again, they didn't have a ton. Uh, a couple cool spots. Uh, Bailey had a really cool reverse Boston Crab at one point. Uh, it might have yeah. gone on for a little too long, uh, but it was kind of cool looking. Um, she also had like a, a springboard elbow drop. Yeah, she hit a springboard elbow. Uh, there was a couple like, not botches, but a couple like bad looking sequences in this match. One spot in particular where Ember Moon had this really sloppy and lazy looking like bow and arrow stretch type submission uh, to Bailey in the middle of the ring. And like there was no torque on it. <laughs> Bailey wasn't selling it well. It looked like it was just a rest hold spot. Well, even the reverse Boston Crab to me didn't look like there was much on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, and then we had a kind of botched middle rope draping DDT reversal that Ember had, where it kind of looked like Ember just like smacked Bailey in the tummy, and she was like, "Ow!" Uh, eventually, the end of the match does come when uh, Bailey rolls out of the ring after an Ember Moon super kick, and she kind of gets the advantage. She crawls up top to the top, or Ember does to kind of try an offensive maneuver from the top. I'm guessing the eclipse, but Bailey recovers and hits a uh, middle rope Bailey to belly, a super Bailey to belly for the win. <laughs> and she retains in 10 minutes, um, 2.5 stars. It's a very average match. Uh, nothing really memorable outside of that top the middle rope Bailey to belly. Yeah. 2.5. Uh, it was fine. Uh, nothing stood out really. Some things didn't click. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, two and a half stars. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was the worst women's match on the card. Yep. Easily. Um, so I have a discussion question. Also, I want to point out I do love Bailey's reign so far. Me too. I thought it was a very good thing. So originally my notes, I said, is Sasha versus Bailey the angle where we're going? Obviously not. So what is? Is it Charlotte and Bailey? I Because, uh, I mean, you, you don't keep going with Ember, do you? No, probably not. So is it Charlotte Bailey? I mean, there was nothing in that match that told me we were getting another one. Like it was clean as clean as can be. Uh, I wonder, to piggyback off of your discussion topic, what Ember Moon's going to do now. Uh, and as far as who's next for Bailey, I guess Charlotte Flair. I guess okay. they got some work to do in, their, in both women's divisions. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, know really where you go next for Bailey. I know. I know that Bailey's super. Super loved, and Asuka? that you guys, and that you guys really. Oh, well, that would be awesome. When are they gonna stop doing the Kabuki Warriors thing? Never. When did they start doing the Kabuki Warriors? Well, they've been wrestling. They wrestled. I know, for, but yeah. I mean, I think they were wrestled last night, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, just, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> Bailey, like, I'm just not invested in her right now. And You're I, not and alone. You're not had, alone. I never really have been did, that much. Did you watch the pay per view where she won the belt though? I because mean, yes. Okay, because that I know when me and Zach watched that. Me and him were both super into it more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm into Bailey, and I'll always have a soft spot for Bailey because she represents like that the heart of NXT and like and right. arguably probably their second strongest reign because I think what they've been doing now blows anything out of the water. That's a topic for a different day. 
Uh, so I, I, but I totally understand, I understand Luke's take. If you weren't somebody who had that pre-existing attachment to her, they haven't really given you a reason to fall for See, her. See, I thought Money in the Bank had me fall for her when she, when she won. Yeah, but I feel like since then. Yeah. It's she's just, been putting on good matches and she's been doing good work like on the mic, but that just hasn't right. been much for her. Uh, so we'll see what's next. Yeah, I guess Charlotte. Powerful. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes sense to me. I mean, if Trish is really gone. Yeah. I just, I just need to see. If also, she, she lost. If so. she's going to go up against Charlotte, I just need to see a powerful personality from her to combat Charlotte's because Charlotte just is so, is so confident and in, in every promo that she has, she's putting 110% into it, and you believe her. And Bailey's just, always had that issue of not being like that. Yeah, she's... Bailey's always seem... had this, like, timid, uh, like, very timid, anxious, shy way You're the of damn champion. Promos. Yeah. You are, the, you are the, you know, not the man, obviously, for blah, 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 but you, you are the champ. So, I mean, act like it and, and yeah. give give some... That's a, I mean, that's... Give some passion. It's always been her big criticism, and even my... I'll be the first to tell you, yeah, she doesn't... When she's in the ring, it's not quite to the Apollo Crews level like we talked about earlier, uh, but she definitely, like, she, she's she got, she, I don't know. I don't even know if I actually gave my star rating, but two and a half like you guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, up next, we get a little video package for KO and Shane, which I guess means that Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens is next. Uh, of if course, KO loses, he's, he's gone. out of the WWE. I, I'm going to say right off the bat, I wish that that would have been a more important piece of this match the announcers did did talk about it quite a bit but it didn't feel like kevin owens was fighting for his career to me uh and i don't know if that's just the build-up to what we had uh we'll go over it real quick here uh so shane comes out uh gets that typical shane mcmahon intro and then he announces elias as the special guest referee or not referee special guest enforcer, enforcer. on the outside uh it but- is just so much fun to see kevin owens so over it is so I am yes. loving it, man. I I, I just want it to last forever. He is my favorite superstar in the WWE, bar none right now on any brand. Mm-hmm. I just think he's the best. Um, and at I, any point, he can just dismantle people verbally. Yeah, and, and you just there's no one else really has that right now. No, I mean just Samoa able, Joe. Yes, but Samoa a handful J- of guys. But 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 Kevin can just start yelling. Yeah, and just diss every single yeah. person in the locker room. And he's funny while he does it. And, and has anyone and been he... able to do that since The Rock? Like, not really. Seriously, not really. Uh, I didn't know what I would to expect out of this match. Uh, that being said, I think what they did was as much as I could have possibly asked for them to do. So the whole story behind this match was uh, obviously Shane getting. Kevin Owens out of the ring and then Elias would distract him and yell at him until he came back into the ring for a near count out or just enough of a distraction for Shane to get the upper hand. Uh, you got all the classic Shane McMahon things like, uh, except for the coast to coast, but you got him just potatoing Kevin Owens with some, with some punches you could hear on the mic. Oh yeah. And, uh, you got almost like classic Shane where he was like kind of running away and being more of a chicken shit, which is babyface Shane doesn't do that, but we got that classic heel Shane. Uh, eventually the finish comes. I loved the second, like the last few minutes of this match was gold to me. So Elias slides a chair into the ring. Kevin Owens grabs it. And Shane McMahon is like trying his best to goad uh, Owens into hitting Shane with the chair. He doesn't fall for it. Uh, eventually he puts the chair down and uh, he manages to hit a frog splash or sent on and then a frog splash onto Kevin Owens. He's going to go count for the three, but Elias pulls uh, the referee out of the ring 
Kevin's had enough at this point, hits a cannonball off the apron to both uh, the actual referee and uh, mostly Elias, who takes the brunt of it. At this point, the crowd's going crazy. Kevin grabs the chair. He goes outside and just... He wow. he's yeah. going for a home run hit on Elias. He beats the hell out of him with this chair. He gets back in the ring. He wants to use the chair on Shane. The ref, I mean, this was perfectly done, by the way. The timing and everything in this was fantastic. Just as he's about to use the chair, the real ref comes back. He stops him from using it. Kevin Owens smartly kind of tosses the chair, not out of the ring, but... Well, he, like, hands it to the ref who turns around yeah. and put it away. And as the ref turns around, bam, we get a dick kick, dick trauma, and then a stunner, and Kevin Owens wins the match in nine minutes and twenty-two seconds. Um, this was good. I liked it. What'd you give it? Three stars. I liked it a lot. Uh, it was not a Matt classic by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't expect it to be, uh, but I thought they booked it really well. And uh, Kevin Owens is very over right now, and I just hope that lasts. So three stars for me. I gave it two and three quarters. I thought it was fine. I was enjoyable, definitely. I thought there was a little too much gaga in the match. That's uh, fair. There's Ooh. so much running in, and, term. and it just it just was a lot outside of the ring, but it, enjoyable. So I actually gave it a three and a quarter. I had a, I mean, it was very enjoyable, like you said. Um, but yeah, the, the Elias stuff did take something away from it. Mm-hmm. And Zach mentioned this um, at the outset of this match. The whole Kevin Owens, like the dire straits of Kevin Owens having to quit. Like, it's, you know, it's a... It's it never a, felt prevalent to me. No. Right. Not even and, on TV. But mm-hmm. here's here's the thing is it's like Elias, he could have made that more of a of a dire straits moment. He could have, you know, laid out Kevin Owens or, or been more physical. Um, but instead, when you're just avoiding count outs, like there's nothing urgent about that to me. Well, and to fix that, what you could have done was the second time he went out of the ring for a near count out, Elias should have hit him with a drift away and then th- just rolled him back into the ring and Shane could have got a near needed, fall from yeah, that. I needed some or actual, something. Yes, I needed That's some a good actual point. near falls and some actual drama that, that was somewhat believable. I also liked uh, Shane busted out a Russian leg sweep. Haven't seen one of those in a while. Um, and classic heel McMahon move when he tried to lock in the sharpshooter Toronto. Yeah, eight, he even he eight. did like well he did the Bret Hart thing. Yeah. yeah. To no 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 heat from yeah, the nobody crowd. Cared, but, but once he went it. for the sharpshooter, that's when the crowd started yep. booing him. And he also didn't go full into the Bret Hart thing. He just kind of did he the was shrug. Like, nah. But it wasn't it wasn't like big time play to the crowd. It was kind of just like a nuance. Yeah. yeah. Which maybe a lot of the live audience yeah, and they and miss stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. So at that a certain point at a certain point the live crowd gave a huge Shane you suck chant. Yeah. I mean, they were shitting on him. They also said, you can't wrestle, as he was hitting the leg sweep, which was kind of fun. So I have a couple, two discussion questions, and I'll I'll make these ones a little quick. Okay. Who's next for Owens? Um, I say Elias at one pay-per-view, and then that's done. Then it's yeah, done. I think you have a one, a one pay-per-view feud with Elias. And then, and then ap- who knows after that? Yeah, then after that, it Could be knows? anybody. What do you think, Luke? Man, I don't... I don't know where to put him right now. I could honestly see him working with Shane again, too. Because there was the dick kick. So that's going to lead into my second question. When's Shane going to be done with this? Yeah. I, I've been a huge Shane Mark my whole life, but I'm starting to get a little it's sick time. of it. This it's run's time. gone on for, what, two and years? The, and this run, yeah. this run wasn't bad until recently. Mm-hmm. I when agree. he was wrestling on every single show. After the second Miz match is when I really started. And he was us. wrestling on every single show, taking up time on every show beating everybody like it it was so much fun at first but now i'm just kind of like yeah i'm right there with you and you could have him wrestle every pay-per-view and i'm fine with that 
But you can't have him beating people. He beat Roman Reigns, and he beat um, the Miz twice. And he beat the Miz twice. You can't, ha- and he beat was it Dolph Ziggler at the Best in the World pay per view? Oh yeah. Like you're, he's beating everyone, and it's okay to have him win once in a while. Right. Like if him and McIntyre were to go against like the Miz and Reigns and win one match, that's fine. But you can't have him beating the Miz twice, and you can't yeah. have him beating. Oh no, yeah, I'm with you. Roman Reigns. I I do like though. I mean the feud with. KO made sense to me because it seems like KO's the fight fight the power gimmick right now. Right, but we've already seen this feud once. Right. Less than a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, right, but I'm over it. If they're gonna if they're gonna keep up if they're gonna keep that Kevin Owens fight the power gimmick, um th- those are the type of feuds he needs. Yeah. But but with that being said, I don't know who he goes after now. Because to be Shane the rebel. was the power. Yeah. yeah. There's nobody There's else no to rebel else. against except Elias and McIntyre. And I don't want McIntyre over there because he's a raw guy. I'm sick of this stupid wild card I know. stuff. I know, yeah. me too. Yep. Um, up next, we get a video package, just a video package, talking about what Roman Reigns has been going through. Uh, just a video package. And, and then we get it stuff. doesn't lead to anything, and it doesn't tie into anything else on the show, except for that one little moment in the pre-show, which they replayed, and that's it. Not and- that I would have hated it, um, but it was refreshing to not have Roman on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I disagree on that, actually. I'm with Luke. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. There was a lot of people who weren't on this pay-per-view. Yeah, but I wanted some storyline arc to I wanted where this some was going. Something. Not just a video package. And Roman doesn't even have to wrestle or be involved, but him maybe searching in the back to yeah. find out. Or maybe trying to confront Rowan. Yeah, I mean, something Brian. would have been nice, I guess. But that's, we got I'm nothing. not even a Roman Reigns fan, but it needed to be on there. Yeah, I, just having this like weird video package just felt so disjointed. I also thought yes. it was weird that you had, no you had no McIntyre. You had no Brian, you had no Reigns, you had no Strowman. Like those are some big a names. lot of the key players. A lot of key players that should have been on the show, uh, but we got what we got. And I'm not complaining about what we got. I'm There's also saying. no Usos because they have DUIs that couldn't get in the Canada, but that's a different story. True, and no tag team matches on the Yikes. main roster at all. Uh, yeah, no tag team matches at all other than on the, the main show. Yeah, even on the pre-show. Because the women's tag team match. Yeah, but you didn't have either tag team title defended. Uh, Up next, uh, after the Roman Reigns video package, we go straight to Charlotte versus Trish Stratus and uh, Toronto. Come on. Trish Stratus is coming out for her last match, and you guys gave her a golf clap. And she deserves a lot more. She looks great. She got a big pop when they said she was from Toronto, and then it died after that as she continued making her way down the ramp. You know she retired at 29? Really? 13 years ago. Wow. Yeah, she's 42 now. Women in general don't typically have as long a careers as the men do. I don't know if that's because their bodies break down. Because they have babies. That too, but I mean, I'm not... Okay. Uh, So I'm going to say this right off the top. Uh, This might be my favorite Trish Stratus match of all time. It's definitely up there. Uh, Maybe the the, the, the Lita match, obviously, on Raw, uh, where uh, Lita killed herself was really good. Uh, But, man... I was not expecting this to be the type of match it was. Uh, I knew that since she was in the ring with Charlotte, there would at least be some good yeah. carrying. So it started off slow yeah. with Charlotte being the larger, younger, arguably more talented of the two wrestlers. There's no... She is is methodically picking apart, particularly the lower half of uh, Trish Stratus, preparing her for the figure four, bridge into the figure eight. Uh, eventually, Trish does kind of start to fight back. A really cool sequence in this match where Trish goes for like the classic, like upside down head scissors off the turnbuckle. Charlotte p- p- 
fights that off, mm-hmm. puts her and like almost like she's going to put a Boston crab on her on the turnbuckle. Uh, and then Trish showing that core strength off, sits up, starts to fight back. Slaps, Charlotte looks slaps the piss out of Charlotte. Charlotte looks like she's going to go for a power bomb, and then Trish fights it off into a hurricane rana. That was awesome. Uh, the stratosphere. The stratosphere, yes. Uh, at one point, there's a stratisfaction for a near fall. At one point, there's a chick kick for a near fall. So Trish got her stuff in. Yep. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, Charlotte Flair eventually sinks in the figure eight in the middle of the ring to win the match in 16 minutes and 38 seconds. The longest match on the card, by the way. Nice. I think well, maybe the, the main card? event The main event might have gone like a minute longer, but up to this point, this was the longest by a couple minutes, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, guys, I'm going to give this match 3.5. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it could have even went longer. Yeah. A couple minutes. Uh, but for Trish's last match, you can tell she gave she left everything in the ring. I didn't go through a ton of spots because there's not a ton of big, big spots to talk about. No, but it was just, it was a, just a really match. good wrestling match. So 3.5 for me. Uh, I After the match, Trish got the hero send-off. Hero send- they still weren't like giving her the ovation she deserved. One thing I did appreciate was that the announcers didn't speak after the match. They got, they stood up and they gave her a standing ovation and let the, uh, the moment the speak moment. for itself. So 3.5 for me. What do you guys think? I gave it 4. I thought it was the second best match on the card. Um, I really liked it. You could tell that Trish was missing a step, which just goes to show me that if both these two were in their prime wrestling, this would be a five-star match. So yeah, so yeah, four stars. I think Charlotte's the best of all time, and but I think Trish, Trish paved that way. I don't even think Trish is second best anymore. No, but no. she's definitely she was a trailblazer. Yeah, she's well, definitely at, very, at, one, at one time she was the goat. She was wrestling at a time when women didn't wrestle. Right. So it's important to remember that, too. When people yes. think about Trish Stratus's legacy, it's not like she had Bailey, Amber Moon, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair had, to wrestle. She had the Litas and Victorias who are, and Molly who Hollies, are good, who were who are unsung good workers, heroes. But they weren't, they, re- right. women's wrestling didn't have the same, it had a stigma back then. Well, also, and they... Sex. <clears throat> yes. Exactly. And, they, and they put her... In so many roles where she had to be a sex symbol. Yeah. Like she had to be eye candy in so many situations. She's a good looking woman. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, yes. And she looks fantastic. She looks great. Still. Um, but no, uh, what did you give so, this match, Luke? So I gave it three and a half. Uh, really enjoyed it. In fact, uh, I do want to say there were moves that Trish was busting out, especially in the beginning. She had an answer for everything Charlotte was was putting up. Yeah. So there was a springboard, like her Karana. Like uh-huh. it, it wasn't it wasn't the most crisp looking moves, but she to keep up with Charlotte was doing moves that she never had before. Yeah, she was busting out new things out of her arsenal. At you one know. point, she even hit the figure four, she, the figure which eight, got yeah. And she did she bridge it? Yes. So she, she bridged, bridged it. it. Uh, eventually, Charlotte did get to the ropes, but that that was a big moment. And that was huge. I mean, people yeah. got up for that moment. People were stoked. Um, they really gave these guys the time they needed. To me, this was the passing of the torch. The storytelling was on point. Yep. Uh, and I love that there's all these big revolutionary moments for the women and that Charlotte's the one pegged for all of them. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like to me. And the right um, call, by the way. Uh, legends are supposed to go out on, on their, their backs back, looking yep. at the lights and uh, no no issues with the finish. Of the I want to I want to continue to give Trish some credit because she bumped her ass off. You guys remember when she took the boot? So... There was a counter, and then she was on the apron, and then she took a boot from Charlotte. And oh, she went down hard. hard. Oh, yeah. And the crowd was dead until that happened, and they're like, oh. She landed like right on her lower back on the, yeah. on the outside. That was, rough. That was um, rough. And this is so telling to me of the talent gap and how far wrestling has come, kind of how we've talked uh, here recently. She's older, but Trish, to me, was considered the GOAT at one point, 
and she's busting out stuff she's never done before just to keep up with Charlotte who is doing laps around her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just, you know, I know I do this a lot, but I just want to take a moment. I'm so thankful for where we're at in re- women's wrestling. Oh yeah, my me God. too. Um, and yeah, I think it was weirdly symbolic to have Trish mm-hmm. go out a, 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 in a modern day setting. She got to go out on her terms mm-hmm. in her hometown. And uh, it really makes you think like what could have been if she started wrestling now instead of finished wrestling now. Yep. And so uh, who knows, you know, we'll never know. My discussion question we already kind of talked about where does Charlotte go from here? Kind of we talked uh, about I guess the women's title. Bailey. Um, one thing I do want to point out is this is the match Kurt Angle deserved at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, you're right. You're not wrong. Against a guy like John Cena. Yeah, you're not wrong. Instead of the Baron Corbin. I, and the Baron Corbin stuff makes sense. Yeah. But, but it has it got, went nowhere after that. So. Right. I mean, I mean but, it kind of propelled Baron into a title. Yeah, feud, true, true. But mm. I also uh, no no Baron and no Lacey on the show. By the yeah, way, yeah. Just more, speaking of people who aren't on the show. Two, hey, hey Samoa Joe, there's another one. Yep. I mean, I I would my counterpoint to that would be Kurt wouldn't be capable of doing some of the things that Trish was doing with Charlotte. Absolutely. I mean, yes, we say that, but. We didn't think he would be able to have the matches he had in TNA. And then he had that match with Cody Rhodes like two years ago. For what culture? For what culture? That was fantastic. Yeah, that's so true. So I bet he could have probably pulled something out. Not this They good, would have had to have booked it yes. accordingly, but right. I, I can agree with you there. Yeah, I think Cena could have pulled out something out of him that would have been a three, three and a half star yeah. match. Yeah. And did he try for a moonsault? He did. He missed it. He did. It. He missed it. And that led directly to the finish of the match. That was actually. nuts. That's um, what I'm saying. He could have pulled something out with the right yeah, opponent. Fair, fair point. Fair so up point. next, we get another excellent video package, uh, going way back to the two, to the to the late aughts when we got uh, the history of Kofi Kingston and S-O-S. Randall Keith Orton, uh, the stupid, stupid. Of course, everybody remembers that when Kofi made a stupid made a big mistake and uh, gave Randy Orton a little bit of a boo boo. Or was he not participating? I don't remember. I don't remember. Somebody Randy potatoed sand. Randy just else. yelled "stupid," and uh, that, and they're reliving this story now. Um, so here's the thing: every we fall for this, and I'm saying we as the is the wrestling fan collective. Okay, Randy Orton gets put in a feud with somebody, and we're all like, "Oh, this could be interesting. He could put on an interesting match with this guy." And we've been doing this for years now. Randy Orton is and I'm is a fantastic wrestler. He is. When he wants to be. He he just doesn't have chemistry with anybody anymore. Except for Jeff Hardy. Except for Jeff Hardy. He does not have chemistry with anybody. Uh and this match had the potential to be great because there were great moments in this title match. And of course we're talking about Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. This match had its moments and this match had its spots. And the ending to this match, which we'll get into, was just kind of indicative of of the issues that people have had with WWE for a while. This was yes. this was a match that they would have put on six months ago when the, they were in the doldrums and figuring out what was going to happen. Uh, basically, what happened was uh, Randy Orton beat the hell out of Kofi Kingston for 10 minutes. And then uh, Kofi did have a nice fire up spot. There were some nice counters and reversals. Uh, he hits a huge trust fall to Orton on the outside at one point where he just like nearly touched the lights in the arena. Yeah. Um, uh, Randy caught him when he went for a trouble in paradise at one point and hit this like backbreaker neckbreaker thing. that was really cool. We hit a draping DDT uh, classic at one point. Then Randy gets to that dark place 
Uh, an RKO gets counted into a backslide by Kingston for a near fall. He misses the trouble in paradise and he kicks Orton on the rebound. Uh, Kofi goes for a crossbody, and this is all one sequence, by the way. Wait, gets wait, wait. caught in an RKO. Oh, okay. Never mind. The, you, earlier in that, we talking about the standing frog splash that Michael Cole called a crossbody. Cross no, it, dude, it was a crossbody. It was awesome. Like, it was a frog splash crossbody. That's yeah. what I put down. And yeah. he, it was D Lo esque. It was. Because he folded. Yeah, it was awesome. Half. Uh, so again, that and this match had sequences like that. That was the most memorable for me. And then, of course, uh, for some reason, and this happened twice in the evening, Randy Orton hits his finishing move and doesn't cover Kofi Kingston right away. And Kofi just rolls out. Kofi eventually rolls out of the ring, and then they start fighting in front of Kofi's family. Uh, and then the bell rings, and the match is over. That was weird. They called it a double countout. I didn't hear I any I re-watched count. it. The referee did not even start his count. So he, he messed up. He yeah. screwed it up. He, he never started his count. The match is going to go down as a double count out. So I'm, f- I'm fine with non-finishes. Uh, I'm a little hesitant to do them on like these big, big shows. Show, the big four. But if you're going to do them, do it right. Actually have a count going on. Because there was so much confusion over this. And still is. Well, there's a bullshit chant. Yeah, a big one. A big bullshit chant after that. This sucked. This sucked bad because I knew what it could have been. And I knew what it was going towards. When Kofi started getting his comeback spot, we were looking at, this was the Trish Stratus match and Charlotte match again, which is, it's a a classic formula though. It's a formula you see in a classic heel babyface dynamic all the time, but they stopped it right when it was getting good. Right. And they had a weird non-ending to this match that just left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. For that reason, I give the match 2.5 stars. I guess we're getting another one, and hopefully that's the big blow-off that we want it to be. But I I need to see something out of Randy Orton soon because I'm jumping off Sick the of Orton it. train. Sick of it. I gave it two. I was bored. The ending sucked. Uh, I, I felt Kofi did well, but yeah. it just feels like Orton, Reign of Terror, Triple H. Mm-hmm. A lot of those matches were just slow moving and methodical and just kind of boring. That's what at Randy times. is right now. And that's what Randy is right now. Triple H could put on a good match in those days and he did sometimes. But how did those Scott Steiner and Goldberg and Booker T matches end up for Triple H? They were boring. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're not just, wrong. It's the same thing. Just thank God it's not the same thing in regards to the him title. having the, the title, title for yes. so yeah. long. Yes. yes. Winning every time. So yeah, two stars. I wasn't impressed. I don't want to see another I want to see Kofi go work with somebody else. Yes. Um, what did you give it, Luke? I gave it two and a half stars. Um, so the the build has been pretty decent to this, and and well, they they hearken. Mm, I feel the, like it started, started off really hot. good, and I feel like it's going. to So, but the way that they hearkened back to their money feud way yeah, back yeah, when, yeah, yeah. and that really put Kofi on I'm the with map. You there. Yeah, that that put Kofi on the map. So I was thinking, okay, maybe this will be some of that old fire, some of that old heat. Um, and they just, yeah, they just didn't connect. Orton, you know, uh, stereotypically dominated a lot of the match physically, but yeah, it's, and it ended, and I can't stress this enough. It ended when it was getting good. It was Uh, getting good and they ended the match. So my one question for this one discussion question. Oh, real quick. Luke, did you give your rating? It was two and a half stars. I got some, go ahead, buddy. I got some other stuff. Go ahead, pal. Grade it. Uh, Kobe Kingston's title reign. So I I was taking notes about this. Uh Uh, it's been good, but not great. So like B level. Yeah, B that, minus. See, I'm, I'm at a B. Okay. Like an 84% on the report card. I'm at an 82. 
And here's I, why. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Luke. I think that it's he's hasn't done anything bad, but it's I'm waiting for the the rain to like have that money moment. Right. And that so far that moment was when he won the title yes, at WrestleMania. Exactly. That was mm-hmm. the height, and it's going to be hard to top it. I'm not saying you should top it. Just get close to it. It hasn't had that money moment to me yet. Yep. It's it's kind of just been going and going, and Kofi's been fine, and he is he's he's. But the, here's the hard part. Every week, he's getting a little bit less over. Yeah. A little you know bit less over. You know whose title reign it reminds me of? Who? The first Randy Orton one. That's a really good comparison, actually. That's a really when he solid won it off comparison. Of Triple H? When he beat Chris Benoit? Oh, yeah. And he yeah, lost yeah, yeah. to the Triple H? Yeah. yeah. Yep. There, was just, there was just nothing. Nothing super, super great. Yeah. But it was I'm always good. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I mean, yeah. What, what? What now? I, I would how I would grade it. I would give it a C plus, oh, because wow. yeah, I mean the the moment that he beat Daniel was awesome. I teared up. Yes, as a twenty seven year old man, amazing. I was sitting there was, because tearing we up all wanted it. it. We all wanted it so bad. Yeah, and we got exactly what I mean. They gave us exactly what we yeah. wanted. It was beautiful. Um, I really liked. We did see it live, but I loved his match at Stomping Grounds. Mm, yeah, I did too. Um, but besides that. I there hasn't been anything. I but again, it. I mean, but again, I love the matches against Owens. Yeah, those are both good. He, so, had two, he had two of them, right? Right. Remember, and because wasn't Biggie hurt, and Owens took mm-hmm. the place in the New Day, and, and he then was turned on him. That 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 actually was great stuff. Yeah. But here's the thing: if you look at, and again, I don't want to blame it all on booking, but I'm here. I go. Yeah. Who has he had? He right, had exactly. he had Kevin Owens in a few that never even really started or ended. He just had a couple matches. He hasn't then he went to Dolph big. Ziggler and feuded with him for probably too long. And now he's been feuding with Randy Orton. So like, where's the big? Mm-hmm. Where's the guy who can give him a five star match? That guy is in, involved in this Roman Reigns thing, and that's Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that Daniel never got his rematch, and you never got that classic rematch. No, but yeah, I I actually was saying this to Kyle when we watched it on Sunday. Is that he just hasn't faced anyone that big? Yeah, he hasn't, and hopefully we'll move on and go from there. So, speaking I, of moving on, well, I cannot wait. I do want to give a shout out though. Kofi's tights were sick. The, the Toronto, Raptors, the yes, Raptors design, and the New Day had match. They all three of them had matching, yep. and the the call the uh, Stevie Wonder look that uh, Xavier yes, was that rocking. Xavier I had. love that. He even had the right glasses and, and everything. And really. I do love me a good kendo stick beat down. Oh yeah, which after the match, it. yeah, Kofi just laid Randy Orton out and. Uh, up next, we get a quick trailer for the Good Boys movie, and I have to say, this movie looks fucking horrible. Oh, I thought it looks funny. Oh, I think it looks terrible. Well, I'm actually going to watch it. I don't want to see little boys talking about making out. They're little boys. Yeah, but they're doing funny stuff. Stop it. It's like the hangover for kids. Stop it. They stole Molly. Kids don't kiss. Kids don't kiss. Thank you, Mark. Up next, <laughs> up next, it's time for the Fiend Bray Wyatt. This oh. was this was by far the oh. moment in the show I was I was most intrigued by. Yes. It was the best moment of the show by and far. And it was the best oh moment of God. the show. Uh there's no words to describe this entrance unless you see it. If you haven't seen you know what? Not even the entrance. This entire segment. If you haven't seen it, pause this podcast, go to the WWE network for nine ninety nine a month, you or get a free YouTube trial. Even. No, or YouTube. They took, they they took, they took it cut, off they YouTube cut the YouTube and they version took down the, to they less took, than a minute. And they took the uh the best part, which is the, the lantern. He- the lantern. Off. Um go back and watch it, the full version on the network, because it is phenomenal. I have to I had to rewind it twice to show my friends at Army Wrestling fans. It was the best entrance I've seen in ever. Maybe ever. 
maybe. It, they nailed everything that they were wanting to accomplish with him. He felt like like a like a bad guy from a horror movie and in the best way possible. The lighting, the props, the music, the st- the atmosphere. Ooh. They they and I told Kyle this before. They didn't just hit a home run. They didn't just hit a grand slam. They didn't just hit it out of the ballpark. They hit it into space. Yeah. But this they, was perfect. Can they continue it? We'll see. Um, so this tell, is not tell, a, tell the people what happened. This a isn't bit. a long match, and I do have to say, I love Finn Balor wearing white. Me too. Really good symbolism yes. there. I, yep. Uh, and his whole reaction to everything that Bray was doing was just like a was con- perfect, confused, and maybe even a little scared. Oh no, he was he was definitely very unsettled. It's, it kind of reminded me of like during big WrestleMania moments when Taker would come out and yeah. people would be like in yeah. awe. Uh, he, so he comes out, he's got a remix to his song by Code Orange. Oh my God, uh, Which is amazing. It. It's been stuck in my head ever since. He's got the mask. He has a lantern that is like a hollowed out Bray Wyatt head with like the eyes sewn shut and the lantern is like in his mouth. The this ca- thing is badass. And for somebody who's a videographer, was the camera work not perfect? It was amazing. Perfect. Every, they nailed every aspect of it. Uh, so again, we mentioned the. I think there was one reason the show was TV fourteen. It was probably the lantern. Yeah, I'll, I uh, also want to point out. I did love the beginning of the song, starting with the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, kind of like tapering like, off. Yeah, uh, the match itself, uh, Bray. It's essentially a glorified squash match. Finn uh, did get some offense in. Finn gets offense in towards the end of the match. I here. also want to point out one of my favorite moves that anybody does is the sling blade. Especially when really? Finn Balor yeah. does and it. Yeah, and he I, has the great, he has the best one. Well, once 2K20 comes out and I really get into customizing my guy, oh, I'm going to have the sling blade. As every every square is going to be <laughs> every, a every sling blade. Button is every button is a sling blade. Every running strike is going to be a even, sling blade. Even a punch is going to end up being a sling blade. That's why I do it with super kicks, though. Every every strike is a so, super so kick. So you're mad at Nick Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, the sling blade, for me at least, is one of those modern moves that I feel like I see a lot. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, uh, it's like my favorite. Um, So Finn does get a little bit of offense in towards the end. Otherwise, it's just Bray. And here's the interesting thing, is that he he's not Bray Wyatt anymore. Even by, even the way, like you can, obviously, it's it's still the same man. But his mannerisms have changed. He's the fiend. His baby. moves haven't changed necessarily, except for the mandible claw. But the way that he moves and the way he has this intensity about him and this well, this like depraved sh- madness that is. And he's sh- like shrieking. Yeah, and he's he's like having this like internal struggle, uh, which is, is what originally allows Finn to get the upper hand. He hits two corner drop kicks, goes for the two coup de gras. The crowd is booing at this point because they are worried that they're about to see Prey lose this match. Uh, instead, he catches him, puts him in the mandible claw. Finn Balor goes to sleep and gets pinned in three minutes and thirty seconds. Uh, four stars. Uh, I would give it more, but I was just you know it was a short match. But the whole segment itself, this was the best thing on this show. I thought I gave uh, fantastic. I gave the match three stars because I mean there was nothing wrong with the match. No, three minutes of pure excellence yeah. from both guys. Yeah, it really was. The segment itself. Oh, I gave it 17 and a half stars. Right? It was amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and we're not exaggerating, guys. Like, this is my favorite thing that I've seen the WWE do since I was a little kid. I felt like I was a little kid again yes. watching this. 17 yes. and a half might be too low. I mean, that's how great this whole segment was. It really the was. The character works great. I'm excited to see where it goes. I am too. Luke, so what do you think? I gave the match self three stars because it's a squash, but yeah, I mean, five star moment. It was just amazing. Yeah. Kyle and I couldn't even take notes. To, like, we were just. Yeah, we looked at each I was, other. I was the same boat. I, I was watching this a second time to take notes, and I still found myself just in awe watching saying, this. Saying "Holy!" Like we just looked at each other, said "Holy shit!" And like I said, man, 
I felt like it was so amazing to me that I felt like it needed to be shared with my friends who aren't even wrestling fans, don't know anything about wrestling. Yeah. I'm like, dude, my wife watch watched this. it with me when I watched it the first time when I, I was watching it live before my stream cut out. But uh, even she was like silent watching it, like was not turning away, was not looking at her phone, was just watching this. And it's worth noting after the match, his like little swagger thing that he had was so cool so basically it's like the lights go out we get the spotlight and then he runs down the ramp and he poses while this like wee, wee, wee music plays and it's bone chilling so cool and then the lights come back up and fins in the ring and the crowd starts chanting that was awesome well there's like it was like his laugh was playing over and yeah, over and yeah. then, like the screams yeah. and shit uh and i mean even before the match they were doing a holy shit chant they did this was awesome after the match like yeah man um, it was just excellent. So they booked him perfectly ever since he came back. They right? got to keep it up. They but, gotta... but the fiend can only make certain appearance. Is it going to be similar to how the demon works? Like is no, no, he's going to be the fiend. I think all every the time. match, I think you'll see more. Maybe you'll see some live action segments when he's Bray, like the funny, exactly. That's Firefly what I'm saying. Funhouse Bray. He might even wrestle a match like no. that. Maybe? I don't think so. Nope. See, I think because I think the Bray Wyatt that we have right now that is that's running the Firefly Funhouse is like not the type of guy to get violent at all. So I don't even think Bray should, or the Fiend even should be wrestling on Raw or SmackDown. No, right. and I don't. Exactly. I don't even think that's where I'm getting. I don't even think they should be featured every week. They didn't feature Bray Wyatt on Raw. And that's and fine. I, I think that's perfect. I do too. And mm-hmm. I think I'd be fine with him not showing up for another three or four weeks. I agree. And I think when he does show up, you have to do the Firefly Funhouse again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you get to your next opponent. Which is my question for this match? Who's the next opponent? Is it Seth? No, not yet. No, not yet. He'll get there. I think he will be probably the next Universal Champion. So who's next to get killed? Because, I mean, he did try to murder Finn Balor in that match. I yeah. don't think... Yeah, he snapped his neck yeah, at one point. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I cool. don't think he'll be a Universal Champion soon. You don't? No, because, I mean... He'll be, he'll be Universal Champion by WrestleMania. Taker wasn't. I just feel like that character doesn't need a title. You're not he wrong. He doesn't need the title. You're not wrong. Who, who do you... Th- I mean, yeah, who's next? That's the that's the million-dollar question. Are you going to do more like squash-type matches, or is it going to be more competitive? You, you could do a Rey Mysterio. I'm also here. Oh, that would be good. I'm also hearing that uh, Finn is going to take a break. Yeah, Finn, Finn's and taking so a break. Well deserved. So me, to me, it's WrestleMania is Demon Fiend. Ah, uh, no. To me, I think that's what's going to end up happening. That's my prediction. It could, but I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm see. I'm not really into that right now because that means Bray's probably going to lose. Well, that means someone's character is going to look weaker. Yeah, which yeah. is why I would hold that off until a major title feud. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I can't really produce a prediction right I now. Think Ray, I think Ray would be a great one. I think though. Ray would be the perfect one. Yeah. Because he has no problem looking up at the lights and it's a legend that he could... Oh, it'd be a squash and a you, half. You could, you could even do something fun where you take the mask and then it goes dark and then Ray gets out of there so he doesn't have... You don't see him. But then the Fiend is wearing Ray's mask. Oh, spooky. Yeah. What about Ricochet? I don't want to see Ricochet no, lose that fast. I don't want to yeah, see him get I guess you're right. So so yeah, Ray. I mean, I think Ray's the perfect candidate. Actually, I'd like to see that. Yeah, that you mentioned it. Well, we're here. We're at the main event. Main of the evening, event Bruce. time. Uh, we get a little video package. Of course, it's fine. Uh, this mat, this setup hasn't had the best build. Uh, by any stretch of the to imagination. To be fair, I do love the beatdowns Brock has been yeah, giving Seth. It, the last couple weeks, it has gotten much better with um, the ri- with the ribs being the main. They've story. really made Seth out to be this like 
underdog again. Uh, I am getting kind of sick of them trying to make him look cool. Yeah, like me too. they're trying to make him be the coolest guy around. Yeah, it's like too hard, yeah. he was already super cool, and now he's kind of becoming he's a dork. His cool factor. Well, now a little he's bit. trying. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, Seth is a great, great, great worker, and he can be a great character. I just they need to they need to make a few tweaks. I think they started it really well on Sunday night uh, with this match because this this was awesome. You guys, this match, and uh, I'm looking at the time now, and I can confirm that Trish Stratus. Charlotte Flair match was the longest match on the card uh, by a few minutes, actually. So interesting note there. Uh, so the match starts off right away. Uh, Seth not getting a very big hero's welcome here in Toronto. Nope. Uh, kind of getting booed. Uh, both they're guys making are, him look like a dork. Yes. Uh, also, I got to say, Mike Rome needs to stop acting surprised when Paul Heyman takes the mic away from him. Because every time he's like, what are you doing? Like, come on. He does it every... He needs to basically just... He does it every time. Like, come on, Mike. Paul's the best. Paul is the best. He's so awesome. Paul had some of the best looks on his face during this match. I do have to say, Forever Collectibles, if you're a bobblehead person, that Paul Heyman one, ain't it, Chief. Ooh, yikes. That's the only bad-looking one in the set. Really? Uh, I do love, also, (laughs) Michael Cole making callbacks to the Brock Lesnar-John Cena match at SummerSlam 2015. Uh... Because it was like kind of like, oh, are we gonna get that Brock again? Like that was a sick match. Uh, that was a really, really good mention by Cole, I thought. And then the bell rang and the match began. Um, so Brock goes for a German, like right off the bat, a German suplex. Seth lands on his feet and hits a stomp for a near fall. What a cool way to start the match off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a lot of so there's like two super kicks that Seth hits on Brock. Uh-huh. They're like spuds, man. Yeah. Uh, like, after and that was after stiff. he landed on his feet again for another German suplex a few oh, minutes right, later. Right. He hits the two super kicks. He goes for the stomp. Brock catches him, hits the F5, uh, but he's a little bit too winded to make the cover or maybe too cocky. Who knows? One or the other. Uh, eventually, the gloves come off and Lesnar is just really beating up Seth, really going after the ribs. Uh, at one point, he like he like. So Seth had this rib tape on. He he lifted Seth Rollins up by the rib tape. Oh, and, and he, swung him. He was like playing with him like he was a model airplane. Just throwing him around. He was swinging yeah. the man. It was he, so cool. He threw a full grown man like it was a toy. So cool. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, eventually, we get a lot more German suplexes. Here comes Suplex City. Uh, Lesnar goes outside at one point and clears off the announce table after ramming Seth's ribs into the corner post a few times. Uh, but Seth gets the upper hand. He knocks Brock onto the announce table. Hits. A massive frog splash. I loved it. Uh, on top of the post, not the turnbuckle, the post, yep. the ring post. Yep. He leaps off of that, gets massive air, hits this frog splash. The table breaks. At this point, the crowd has gone from being lukewarm for Seth to absolutely Bananas. behind him. Uh, at this point, you think the match is over. Seth gets in the ring. He hits a stomp after he hits a frog splash, and Brock Lesnar kicks out again. At this point, I mean, the fans are rabid. You can sense it. And a nice touch when I mentioned earlier that Brock took the gloves off. I thought that was a really uh, smart bait and switch. Yes. Because in all past Brock matches, when the gloves come off, someone's bleeding. It's over. And it's someone's not Brock. Fucked, yeah. Someone's going to get killed, but they didn't do that. that. That was just like, that was like halfway through the match. And the match kept going after that. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. So he goes for the stomp. Brock kicks out. Uh, Rollins tries it again. Lesnar catches him. He goes for the F5. Seth breaks free. He lands on his feet. He hits, gets Brock down, hits the stomp again. And this time, Brock does not kick out. And in 13 minutes and 20 seconds, Seth Rollins regains the mm-hmm. Universal title. He is Shocker. very emotional. Shocker. Uh, seemed like legit emotion. 
uh, coming out of him after the match. So props to him for that. How'd you feel? I loved this match. What'd you give it? I gave it, what did I get? 4.5 stars. I thought this was a phenomenal match. Mm-hmm. I might have overrated it, but I watched it twice. I loved it both times. There was new things I found to appreciate in it. This is maybe my favorite. I, I mean, I, we were talking about this today. The Daniel yeah. Bryan match is up there, too, and that the he Finn had at Survivor Balor Series. Too. Having this one for a title, though, really made a difference for me. And just adding those stakes. I didn't expect Seth to win. And so I think having that legitimate surprise factor for me really helped, too. Man, I loved this match. Brock worked so well in this match, too. He sold his ass off what he needed to. He, I mean, they wrestled. It it was, for all the negative things you might want to say about Brock Lesnar, he brought it. He brought everything he had in this match, and so did Seth. And, Listen. And it played off well. You know, you know what made this match perfect for me? What? It was clean. It was super clean. It was the first time Brock Lesnar had lost without getting kicked in the nuts That's in like true. three years, That's a good man. point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I gave it four and a quarter. I really liked it. I loved everything about it. Um... Actually, I probably could give it four and a half to be honest. I um I really liked it. There's no there was it was a match that people need to watch multiple times. Yeah, it was really 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 well done. Luke, what'd you think? I gave it four stars and I absolutely loved it. Um, I know it kind of, with you two, it kind of seems like I underrated a little bit, but I mean it's still at the end of the day, uh, it, it's still Brock is a powerhouse. So you're not gonna get the super long um technical it wasn't 13 minute match though right right but you're not seeing you're not seeing all the elements of a five-star match in a brock lesnar match but but you're but this was damn this is as close as it gets there is gotta be careful with this but i'm gonna say it there is never ever in the history of the company has there been somebody as good at like that big man just destroying a little man as brock lesnar right now so i'm actually gonna piggyback on that my discussion question wasn't a discussion question. It was a discussion statement that I'm going to make. Go for it. The people trashing Brock Lesnar are wrong. Yeah. Brock Lesnar for I'm, the last two years has I'm been with you. every match, with the exception of the ones in Saudi Arabia, have been pretty How, how many times do we have to get out of, and I'm guilty of this, more than anybody else, of being on that Brock hate bandwagon. I'm, right. I'm guilty of it. But... We're getting to the point where he's put in so many good main events. Eventually, you have to give the man credit. And listen, I get the, I get the stuff about how if he's going to be the champion, he's to wrestle every pay-per-view. I get that. I get that. But when he does wrestle, it's been great, especially lately. Well, lately, he's been wrestling a lot more, too. He mm-hmm. has. He has. Um, yeah. So I just, I just think people need to quit. I agree. And, and let the guy work. I, I also want to throw out one more thing. Other than maybe Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, and The Rock... Brock Lesnar might be the smartest wrestler of all time. You're going to need to elaborate on that. Yeah, how so? He gets paid a shit ton of money to do a lot of little work. As did Hogan, Austin, and The Rock at certain times. When Hogan went to WCW, he wasn't wrestling every pay-per-view. Towards the when In like 2002, I believe, The Rock wasn't wrestling every pay-per-view, still getting huge paydays. And Stone Cold was able to walk out, come back, and still get the huge paydays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... Brock know, might he, even be smarter than Stone Cold in that regard. He must have a good agent because he's been yeah, able to negotiate. Yeah, I want to give some more credit to some the excellent, the excellent contracts for him. And uh, Brock's paved his own way, and he continues to do so. And uh, yeah, I feel like after SummerSlam, now 
I got to finally give Brock the credit he deserves because he has been impressing me every single time he's had a match, essentially. Yep, he's and been every, fantastic. And every time he's paired with a small guy or a smaller, yeah, a smaller guy not than a, him. Not a heavy, not he's, a heavy I'm telling you, he's heavy. the best ever at, at those types of matches. I agree. At David Goliath match. Because they make, cause he's so brutal and he's so believable and he's such a dickhead that it makes the comeback by the little baby face so much more satisfying. I also want to say Paul Heyman makes... I love makes it. it even better. There was a moment when Paul Heyman, it was when Brock was really given Seth the business, where Paul Heyman had like both his hands on his chin and was giving like love eyes to Brock Lesnar, and it was great. Well, um, and then the the awe whenever Brock's starting to lose, the yeah, awe in, in yeah. Heyman's face. Uh, and again, like you said, it was clean as a whistle. We get pyro after the match. Seth is very emotional. He holds up his belt. And that so that wraps the show. SummerSlam goes off the air. Yeah, so awesome. I know you have a rant. So why don't you tell me what you graded the show, and then give, give me your little soapbox so, speech. Immediately after the show was over, I went to Twitter, which I do often, to me see too. how other people's opinions reflect my own. I also like to look at other review sites. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I was expecting... I, so I gave the show an A-. minus. Okay. Uh, Damn. I really liked it a lot. There was nothing I really didn't like. Like, even the stuff that wasn't, for me, like the Bailey and Ember Moon match, wasn't bad. Right. Okay? So that's that's my rating basis, and I realize that's... A rating that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. I thought this was one of the best SummerSlams in a long time. Okay. So that's where I'm coming from for that. I was expecting Bs, at least, all across the board. I started seeing Cs. I saw a couple Ds. And the big complaint that people were making was that it didn't feel like a spectacle. I disagree. Number one, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Completely. You had legends. You had The Fiend debuting. You had memorable moments. You had one of the best Universal title matches of all Ever. time. And... All of that in a compact three-hour main roster show. So you can't win if you're the WWE because the big criticism before this has been, oh, these pay-per-views are too long and they're bloated and they're filled with unnecessary garbage. So then what do they do? They take that criticism and they give us a super tightly packed show, like super well put together. So nice. And now people are saying it didn't have enough. Agreed. So you can't win for losing, so I guess. Well, so. and right now with the way the culture is... Um, people are going to give AEW, and I love AEW. People are going to give them a lot of passes. Yeah, that's true. And they're going to have any Divers- reason, deservedly so. By the way, they're a brand new company, and yeah. they're doing and fantastic so far. Yes, but but they're going to use any single reason they to can bury to pick WWE because that's what they've been doing. Yep, and and I think all not all the criticism because there are certainly things to criticize in the show. I do sure. wish maybe a couple of the matches would have just hit that next level. Right. Um, right. But like I said, I didn't hate anything on it, and I think a lot of the criticisms I was reading about it not feeling like a big, important show were way off base. Right. Way off base. You had a major retirement angle in someone's hometown. The f- I mean, I could go on and on. For the amount of things I'll remember from this show for years, there's I mean, there's several more things than it would be on a normal pay-per-view of things that I will not forget. And I think, I don't know, I think people are being unfair and very biased. I gave it a B plus. I think... There's four reasons that it gave me. I gave it such a high grade. Four people: Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Trish Stratus, and Goldberg. What about the Fiend? Well, he said I said Bray Wyatt. You did? Yeah. That's Where a, was I? I was sleeping when I said. Sorry, you, pal. Yeah. You counted it as two. Nice. <laughs> but those are the four people I think stood out the most with the most mem- memorable moments, and I thought all those memorable moments were super, super great, and could be parts of video packages uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Goldberg gets a lot of a lot of slack. I just want to say it again. That spear was 
Those it was all three of them were fantastic. I also want to throw Edge into that. Those five people I named. Yeah, that's fair. I just I just think it was cool seeing him for first time in like. Oh, eight we did years. also forget to did. I we kind of mentioned it, but Bret Hart made a cameo appearance on the show. Oh yeah, he, he was, did. He was helping Good Seth luck, Rollins Seth. get pumped up. Yep, that was it. Okay. Um, Luke, Luke, what'd you give it? I uh, give it a B plus. The show <laughs> was really good. Um, there were a lot of matches. It felt like that were mainly there just to advance storylines yeah. or build on character rather than put on the the spectacle matches. Um, but I mean, I do have to say this is so indicative of because we haven't done a podcast in a while. Um, this is so indicative of like the effect of AEW and everything really ramping up because WWE has stepped up to the plate. Uh, and they've added since they've added Bischoff and Heyman, their effects have been what? What's up? So, I was thinking about that. Okay, about how you said that it wasn't necessarily like it wasn't like a New Japan pay per view where every match was like a five star classic, right? Right. But it's SummerSlam. It's not supposed to be a show like that, right? It's supposed to be entertainment first, wrestling second. Can, can I also throw out that WWE shows are not going to be like New Japan shows ever? Yeah, that they're more entertainment than wrestling, which is fine because in yeah. a show like this, it worked out perfect. I agree. And right. I, I don't. I wasn't making a jab at you, by the way, Luke. I was I, just that was a that was a narrative I also, I also saw. I also want to throw lot. something out there, and Meltzer said this, and I kind of agree, that he holds different companies to different standards. Because you're not going into a WWE expecting a New Japan show, and if you are, you're going to be sadly mistaken. Right. And you're not going to go into an AEW show expecting a WWE show. Exactly. And you're not going to go into an Impact show expecting a Ring of Honor show or an MLW show. Ex- Oh, it has Jim Cornette, so you're not expecting much. But um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. every company's got to be held to their own standards. I agree. Yeah, I just I just feel like since since they've really become since Vince has really become insecure and scared, and they've added Bischoff, they've added Heyman, they've added Pritchard, uh, especially with Bischoff and Heyman, I feel like they're you forgot effects. one important one. Who? Gregory Helms, the Hurricane. The Hurricane hasn't he been there? Yeah, but he's huge. I love him. You're killing me. Um, their so their effects Heyman and Bischoff their effects were almost immediate. I'm so excited for so many of these storylines to continue, and we got the fiend man. That's like that's the biggest thing that I'm gonna. That's the highlight of my year already. Yes, yes that's and the nothing's biggest. gonna top it. And I mean, year. I just hope that they keep that train rolling. I don't know how they couldn't at this point. They've done so. It's well easy so money far. at this point, as long as they don't have him drop oh to like Elias. It's so <laughs> I think he'll be fine. so good. It's just an amazing time to be a wrestling fan, and I'm glad that this damn podcast is back so yes. that we can talk about all of it. Well, we got another podcast coming next week. It probably won't be as long as this one. I'm sure this one might they, be We one marathon our, through this yeah, one. Yeah, we marathon this one, and it's because it's our reunion show, and we can do whatever back. we want when we want it because it's right. our show, and nobody can tell us what to do. That's right. <clears throat> next this is week, America. So we, we started doing polls. Right, we're doing polls, and we want you guys to vote. Uh, we're not going to tell you whose poll is whose, but we're going to have like a title belt, like a fake title belt. And each one of us is going to have one option in these polls. And so we did SummerSlam 2000, and who who SummerSlam 2002, and SummerSlam 2016. And the winner is drumroll, please. SummerSlam 2002, which was my pick, of course. So F- Kyle is F- the, so I'm the first champion. Kyle is the first Big Boys and Body Slams poll champion. So I'm going to run through the card here. And there's a lot of former world champions on this card. It's going to be a really good card. It's one of the best SummerSlams of all time. So, Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. Ric Flair versus Chris In Jericho. Rey Mysterio's debut, by the way. It's yep. important to know. Ric Flair versus Chris Jericho. I said that. Mm. Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. Mm. So, so far, you have six competitors and six former world champions. That's the shampoo match, too. So, <laughs> and when we keep going, we have 
Christian and Lance Storm versus Booker T and Goldust. Two more world champions oh, in that dude, match. Booker T and Goldust was so fun. That'd be the Un-Americans, right? Yep. Rob Van Dam versus Chris Benoit. Two more champions. The Undertaker versus Test. There's another champion in that match. Mm. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Two more champions. Brock Lesnar versus The Rock in the main event. Two more champions. So you have 2, 4, 6, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 guys on this <laughs> card. And That's only stupid. three of them are not former champions. Wow. Stupid. That's, I mean, it's one of the most legendary shows of all time. Yep. There's so many good, memorable storylines. Even me just rattling them off as you're reading it. You know, you had the debut of Rey Mysterio. You had uh, Edge. The unsanctioned fight. Yeah, the street fight. It, it, HBK's big return against Triple H. Uh, the passing of the torch to Brock Lesnar. There's so much. I also think amazing. you're wrong about the shampoo thing. Wasn't that Edge and Booker T at WrestleMania was 18? Was it? Are yeah. you sure? Like 99% sure okay. that was WrestleMania 18. I could 18. be wrong. Uh, but still, not, nevertheless, there's so much memorable stuff from the show. Um, yeah, so we'll look forward to that next week. We'll see you next week. Can I say something real quick before yeah. we go off the air? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on a serious note, I am happy to be doing this with you gentlemen again. I'm glad you have convinced me to do this, uh, and we hope all of you are enjoying uh, kind of the 2.0 soft reset of Big Boys Share, and Body Slam. Share, subscribe, like. Yes. Too sweet. sweet.